creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to Blake and Dion's Halloween Horror Movie Month Scary Sleepover Extravaganza. All October. That's right, my favorite month of the year where it has my favorite horror day. All October long, only on the Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers podcast. Many more screams come true, kiddies. Tonight of spooky surprises. Oh, Halloween. For America's favorite fat cat. Don't bat your eyes. Garfield's Halloween adventure will have you shaking in your boots Monday. So and then when they got the Ford LTD Country Squire back to the house, yeah. the girlfriend opened the passenger door. And then? And she walked around the car. Yeah. I mean, like, she had to go really far around because it's a big, big yeah, car. Yeah, it's a, it's a big one. And then when <laughs> They she, don't make cars <laughs> like that anymore. And then when she got to the end of the block and came around the car and came back, she noticed blood on the imitation wood. What? And then when she got to her boyfriend's side of the car, and I don't know why she's opening the door for him instead of him opening it for her. <laughs> no manners, that guy. <laughs> no manners. <laughs> there was a hook no! <laughs> on, the, on the door handle because, you know, the, that's when the door handles had the little, mm-hmm, you, know, mm-hmm. you can hang something in it. It was, it was a hook. From, push, push button? Yeah. <laughs> and then she noticed... Uh, uh, Coincidentally, when she went back around, that on the back of the bumper, or I'm sorry, on the back of the license plate, where you usually ha- you could pull down and have the um, uh, where you put the gas in, right? Yeah. And the sc- you know the screws because then there was a little kid's hand stuck there who was giving them gas. So like you know, remember the old days you had to pull the to get the access to the mm-hmm. to the gas tank. Kids don't have that deadly. You know, back when your mom was like, you got to fill the car. I'm like, I don't want to fill the car. But it's because <laughs> you had to pull that the license plate down in the back to put it in. But then there was always like those rusty old screws. So she found a kid's hand who was the gas station attendant from the beginning of the story. <sighs> Completely unrelated to the man with the hook. But still, it just shows you it's a PSA of, you know, you got to watch out when you're doing things like pumping gas and being on your cell phone. So what do you think of that? That was, I'm speechless. It's intense, huh? Frightening. Yeah. I mean, what can you, you know, in this day and age, what 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 what, what are you left to, you know? See, my mom's still doing laundry down here. <laughs> mom's here. Mrs. Baez still doing laundry. And we told Mrs. Baez we were recording, but then, you know, it started as that. She's like, well, I still got shit to do. So you can do what you boys can do what you want. You always want to make your models, play with your toys. <laughs> you think this late. Yeah, you think. Yeah, you, the job of a mom never, <laughs> never ends. <laughs> it's a no break. She's like, aren't you two of you 40? And we're like, mom, please. <laughs> She's like, isn't this a little weird, you boys, on a Saturday night or in your PJs and in your sleeping bags? And 
and you made popcorn and you have buckets of pizza. How do you even have buckets of pizza? I was like, Mom, don't get on me about my cholesterol, <laughs> Mom, okay? I do it once a week. Anyway, welcome. Welcome. Welcome back. Saturday night. <laughs> Movie sleepovers. Welcome back. So, is this that we're talking real quiet now? Is this the um, this is the inaugural? You know, we've September's passed us by. We just had our anniversary. And what an anniversary it was! It was long. We kept talking, and the tape had stopped. <laughs> you know, the the cassette tape. It long. We didn't hear the click, so we did another hour talking, and then when Blake went to turn the long playing tape over. Blake's like, Dion, it stopped recording. <laughs> and oddly enough, there's a little bit of a connection between this movie and that movie. Yes, there is. There is. Um, but this is, Dion's right, this is the 2019 edition, <clears throat> season five. Well, actually, we didn't really start the Halloween month of October super horror movie extravaganza. Yeah, the horror movie extravaganza. Until year two or three. I don't remember which. It might have been year two. Year one, we did just regular two. Yeah, because I mean, we were only like an episode into the show. <laughs> yeah. We had done, you know, like Big Trouble Little China, and then we Halloween hit, and I forget. What did we do? We did Black Christmas, right? Or was that the Christmas episode for that year? No, that was for Christmas. We did Halloween th- three? Season of the Witch? Yeah. And then we did um, something else. Something else. Maniac? No. Anyway. So that was, then we got the idea around... What is that? Our first year in, season two? Yeah. That we said, you know what we should do? Blake well, I said, saw other podcasts and stuff. We're doing special things for Halloween. And, you know, we said, said, screw it. We can do special things, too, you know. You know, we can be special, too. Yeah. <laughs> you guys aren't bad. You ain't bad. So um, then we got into some knife fights in the subways <laughs> <laughs> when we were sh- roping our hands to each other. But, um, the best. <laughs> you boy, you, you boys are good. <laughs> you sound real like good. Movie asleep a guy, oh my god, a good, real good, the best. <laughs> I want them found alive if possible. Saturday night work. I want to find out who this Saturday night movie sleepovers is. For anybody that might not know what we're talking about, Dion's not just being racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be racist at all. I'm just doing a voice he's of an actor in a, in a movie. He's doing an impression of a character in a movie. Yes, yes, from the Warriors, the guy with the big glasses. What a great, in the background, too, that soundtrack. Wah, that Barry... Um, Barry Dvorzon. Dvor- Dvorzon. One of my favorite scores yeah. ever. That's, that's, that's my impression of what's going on in back. Okay, we've... And you can listen to Barry talk about that score on Score to Death, the podcast. What is Score to Death, the podcast? <laughs> It's a, another podcast that I do sometimes. Oh, that's cool. Um, but anyway, so... And we covered the Warriors on this podcast. Well, we did. Well. <clears throat> and one of our summer extravaganzas. So we were going to do, like, the top ten. Editor's Choice Top Ten Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers Episodes. Best. Best of. The best. I would put war. I put. I would put that Warriors episode You're on You're proud that of that list. Warriors episode. Yeah. That's cause that was a, 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 a that, kind of an opening point. That was back point. when the show was only like an hour. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like but that still, was... was chock full of information. Well, that was when we got the idea, because I wanted to always read the novel that it was based on, the uh, Sol Yurik novel, and I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. Little did we know that would open the floodgates of all this, like, um, you know, 
homework, reading. Yeah, over prep, reading work, <laughs> reading, yeah, reading homework. And homework, and highlighting, and, and and circling and stuff. So that's kind of the first episode that started started to do that, right? You know, we brought I the novel so, in. Yeah. We talked about the other things. Dirty Harry, you read the novelization for Dirty Harry. Yeah, I don't did. remember when that if that was before or after. I don't recall it's either. Around this, around then. That might have been the first novelization. Or did you read the novelization for seasons of the season of the witch? I may have. I don't know if I read it before or after. I don't know if I read it for the show or not. Yeah. It's been so long, I don't even remember Who are you? doing those episodes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have to listen to them like six times, you know, because yeah, I'm transferring them to like Nagra, to like mag tape, yeah, and then I mean, splicing them. We're just them. using, we record, you don't know this, but we record the show on like the Fisher Price. Yeah. Recorder. Tape you know, recorder. Because we want that authentic <laughs> sound. So we both have that microphone that comes out, you know, that's hard line to the, to the pat. It's that brown one with the big buttons. Yeah. So then Dion has I break, to. I've broken five of those things. Dion <laughs> has to cut out with a tape you know, turns. To flip the turn, and have to turn the tape, and then he's got to digitize it into the computer. Yeah, it's it's a whole pro. Then I then I got to take all that hiss out, the background noise, <laughs> the dullness yeah, of the, I mean, the cassette tape. What Wh- we do for you, the listener? <laughs> Why we're going through those six extra steps that take almost seventy percent of the time? God only knows. But we want the authenticity. So, but this is uh, the first. See, we used to be that we did the Halloween centric movie the movie that takes place on halloween or is yeah. about halloween which i still like at the end yes of the month but uh and if people don't know that that we usually do four movies for the month of october and then the fourth one as blake is saying usually near the end of the month towards the actual halloween holidays when we would do the halloween centric one that took place on the day uh but last year because we had mike mighty mike vanderbilt on the show that was last year, right? Yeah, for Halloween, <laughs> the, when the remake of the Hall- or the reboot of Halloween came yeah, out. Yeah, so we ended up doing we ended up doing our Halloween centric episode, being the John Carpenter film Halloween, the first one, at the beginning of the month to coincide when the the movie came out theatrically. Because nobody's going to care about it by the end of the month. No, but, no. but the other thing was we started doing that with Christmas too. Yes, because we also like we would do our Christmas centric. <clears throat> Like the actual Christmas movie, like a family Christmas movie right before Christmas. Yeah. And then we discovered, like, nobody listens to it. No, because they're doing their Christmas stuff. And they're doing their Christmas stuff, and then once New Year's comes around... Who wants to talk about Christmas? <laughs> They've already so taken that shit down. So then we bump that up to be the... Usually, typically, yeah. to be the first episode. That so, way you have all the December. Yeah, you're getting in the Christmas spirit. You're, 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 um, you're mean, trimming we, your tree. That way you have something to listen to for the whole season. Yeah. So in a way, it's I feel like we're kind of... This is the now the test. Oh, I see. We're testing it out to see if, like... This year. Hopefully, people will want to listen to Trick or Treat all October. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing um, 2007's Trick or Treat. Yeah, even though it didn't actually get distributed until 2009. Yeah. Something we can talk about. Uh, so, yeah, we're trying that out here. We're, we're playing around a little with the format. We're going to be bringing you four movies as per usual. Um, double our workload. Yes. And then uh, do we also talk about what the angle of this year is, too? I guess we should have talked about this before we hit the record <laughs> button, before I hit the play and record on the Fisher-Price um, cassette recorder. And that's hard, too. I keep breaking my nails because it's so hard. <laughs> and Yeah, and then what happens is I, I miss the button and I go through. And I'm like, ah, ah. And why are you putting razor blades on the buttons? <laughs> I mean, someplace to place I them. I don't, yeah. please. Put them back in the little piece of cardboard they come with. 
<laughs> anyway, um, what, should we talk about our angle I think for this we year? Sh- I think we should introduce the angle next week. Okay. Because it'll be self-explanatory. Because this is the Halloween-centric episode for the month. So this is, in some ways... A special episode. So we're doing something Halloweeny as usual, but then we're doing something special for the entire month. But yes, which will all be horror related. We will all address it next week. So you guys are just going to have to be patient. Yes. Oh, because you're right. It's only a week away, right? It's yeah. not like two weeks. <laughs> it's not like the usual two weeks. Yeah. It's not like we got anything else to do. Um, and quite frankly. We haven't figured it all out either. <laughs> yeah, Full disclosure. <laughs> exactly. I don't even have my pants on. That's probably the first thing that upset my mom when she came down <laughs> doing laundry. <sighs> and then I'm not supposed to be using the sleeping bag because it's been up in the attic for 20 years and she hasn't washed it. So those holes, Smell. I thought those were, she did those, but those are moths. Moths so. and it smells. Yeah. It smells like mildew. But I ain't giving up my mask um, sleeping bag. More you than know? meets the eye, man. Yeah. That, that that's Transformers. Transformers. It's, that's but yours. Still, but still, mask was more yeah, than Secret <laughs> Rangers. Da, 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 they still da, da, were more to meet the more than meets the eye, though. Because is gonna give the mission. There was a transforming aspect to that show. Got that secret vision. Mask. That'd be fun to do. I, you know, that's another. We keep taking asides, and people have to fast forward. But we've always thought about doing like an episode on some cartoon properties, and I don't know how that we could sustain we doing did, an entire episode. Well, we did the animated. Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, but I, I guess I'm thinking specifically 80s, like cops fighting crime in a future time. If we we did, we've done GI Joe. We could, you know, you could attempt to do like really short episodes. That's true. But chances are, yeah. they'd be like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they should be like summer. We should figure out when we could put those out and do like TV talk about mask. We'll have a clock. All right, we got 15 minutes. Yeah, go. Go. It's like pl- playing chess. We did He-Man. Ding. We kind of talked about I'm going to hear the ding. We have yeah. to move on to the next show. <laughs> <laughs> like the McLaughlin group. <laughs> next question. Wrong. Okay. Uh, back to cr- some, uh, Christmas. Back to Halloween. <sighs> Trick or treat from 2007. Uh, this I, I think this has become a bit of a... I mean, now it's like 12 years old or 10 years old from when it this is the 10th anniversary from when it got distributed yeah um no it's an anniversary movie Ooh, look <laughs> at that didn't even didn't even mean for that one yeah but i think it's become like a modern classic yeah for horror fans and for the halloween season sure good night everybody <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so yeah enough said yeah that's all it needs to be said uh sure uh well i know when i saw it was probably like 2009 when it came out on DVD. Yeah, I, there was a big hype when this coming out and then I knew the story about not why, but I knew that it had been held for two years and then so all my film friends at work were like, you gotta see this movie because it's supposed to be really good and then I saw it probably in the mail from Netflix and I loved it. You yeah, know? I loved it too. So. It was fun. Um, and I don't know if I've seen it. I've probably seen it once since then. And then seeing it again tonight was fun because I, you know, I didn't remember every single detail, which was some of the yeah I twists. Kinda, were I, like, oh, I forget, you know, it's been a long time. It's you know, it's probably maybe I only saw it once. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And so, even though like, you know, you, I remembered, men, I remember most of the scenes. Yeah, but yeah, like I didn't remember a lot of the details. So having it unfold, you know, some of the we've always I've always said. 
there's some of the movies that we've watched on the show that I, I've said when I haven't seen them for a while, like my my recall of them is always just like one step oh, ahead. Like I remember yeah. it and then it happens. Sure. <laughs> it's like I'm watching it. It's like it's on. It's being shown on delay because in my head it's one step ahead of it. You're like, um, ooh. This was uh, a little bit of that. Yeah. But some of it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that that happened. Yeah. Like I spoiler alert. I forget. Like oh yeah, I forgot there were werewolves in this movie. <laughs> I remember that. <coughs> I, I forgot that the, it was the, the principal was the vampire. Oh yeah. You know, I forgot that you know until they take his teeth out that he's not really a vampire, and then that it was the principal. Uh, I remember the big ones like you know Brian Cox's character, his reveal at the end, and then I remember the principal with the little kid, that little reveal at the very end of that story. Uh, it's you know watching it again. It's it's interesting because you know these rules that you know about for the for the horror movies. It seems like I wonder if some of these rules are happening within this movie of things where it's like there's a world of like you know that that Halloween parade is like freaking like the uh, what's the place down in 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 down in South America in Rio. They do that bizarre carnival with the, everyone, carnival, you know, yeah. where everyone's like having sex with each other in the streets. <laughs> I don't you know, know if that happens there. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've seen a lot of <laughs> videos you buy late at night uh, that, of people going wild. And I'll tell you, they're doing a lot of crazy Girl, stuff Girls there. going wild, gone wild. Yeah, which I don't know. That's That guy's in jail right now. Um, uh, that's what happens when you don't get people's permissions before you record them. But that's another story. Um but like the, you know, there's like a lot of free inhibitions in this Halloween uh, parade and stuff like that. Well, I mean, it's. Uh, and my point is, that you see, like, every, if you look at every character and if they meet a demise, you can kind of maybe apply a horror rule. Poor dog gets killed. Spike is it because Spike ate the little finger of the be- you know the kid was the woman at the beginning the couple who go to watch the sex tape is she killed because they're going to be involving with a sex tape is she killed because she does not help the woman in, from the vampire in the parade. You know, all these little, is there justifications for, you know, the other kid's kicking pumpkins, so he's evil, so he's going to die. You know, everybody. I mean, I guess you could read that into it, but I think there's. I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying, like, I was like, oh, I want, you know, I was like. One could read that into it. (laughs) Make a note of that. But I think it's more, it's, you know, it's, look, it's hard hard to figure out how to, how to tackle it. Take your slippers Um, off. I'm going to start off with. You know, it's it, this trick or trick R treat uh, fulfills the two subgenres of horror movies. It's the it's an anthology film, mm-hmm. which is a tradition that dates back all the way to 1924. Sure, with a film called Waxwork, which I think was a German film, so I don't know what the German title was. Uh, but it's in literature. It goes back to like, oh yeah, well, like Canterbury Tales and all that. Well, oh, I don't literature is a whole other. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> I don't remember Chaucer. There's, a, there's always been collections of short stories, whether they were written that way or just. I because I read Canterbury Tales years ago, and I don't remember it being a collection of horror. But it's cited as like it's, that's one of the earlier versions of like it. Like it is an anthology story. Yeah, but I don't remember it being necessarily on the horror spectrum. But then, you know, Poe does that. Everybody does that. But for film's sake, yeah, you're right. There's the silent film, Waxworks. Yeah, and then... Waxwork? Waxworks? I think it's Waxwork, um, which stars one of our favorite actors, Conrad Veidt. Uh, who's <laughs> the only guy that has a signed pick to Dion from Conrad Veidt? This guy, circa 1937. I went back in time and got that thing. Nice. Got that on my wall up in the bedroom. Of course, he uh, was in the 
man with the the la- what's the name of that German film? The H- Hands of Doctor Orlock. Yeah, or, but there's the laughing. That's the remake of oh the la- the, the 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 um the man who laughs, which is the character that's based the Joker's based off of. But and then he later shows up in Casablanca. Yeah, he's the bad guy in Casablanca films of all time. He's in a lot of good ac- all through the night. One of my favorite films, Humphrey Bogart. He's in that. And then I think the only color picture he ever does is Sinbad in like 1941. And then he drops out of a heart attack on a golf course, which says that. A lot of those guys, like Dwight Fry, the guy who plays uh, Renfield in the original Dracula movie, and he's also Fritz in Frankenstein, and he shows up in a lot of that era. He died on a bus with his son. He had a heart attack, dropped dead on a bus. And they're like young guys, so it's like, oh, man. Well, you know. God bless Conrad Veidt. A lot of meat back then. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I know. A lot of smoke, a lot of nicotine, a lot of tar. A lot of drinking. A lot of tobacco. So anyway. But anyway, so the anthology horror film is a, is a uh, it's a... It's a long-lasting tradition that really catches speed in the '60s, um, with uh, some Vincent Price and uh, so Corman does Tales of Terror, yeah, which is one of our favorites. Uh, Bava does Black Sabbath in Italy, that's 1963, which is another one of our favorites. The, uh, the one I was trying to tell you about the other week that I couldn't remember the name of it, um, the Terrence Stamp movie. Um, oh, uh, Spirits of the Dead from '68. Ah, which is I was I was trying to think of the name of the darn thing last week for you and Terrence Stamps and that maybe even Donald Sutherland and maybe even um, Bridget Fonda at the beginning. You Bridget know. Fonda? No, I'm sorry, Jane Fonda, <laughs> the mother. <laughs> she must be really young. <laughs> Jesus, someone her mother's pregnant. Yeah. Is that uh, Spirits of the Dead? That's '68. That's kind of a British weird, you know, anthology. Yeah, it seemed like like. Like Britain, Italy, sixties became like that's when we start seeing a lot of them. Seven rolls into the seventies and to television movies with uh, like Tales of Terror. <coughs> Dan Curtis, who created um, Dark Shadows, he produces a couple in that in the seventies. Sure, uh, and then the eighties when we grew up, it was um, because we had the television shows. I mean, obviously in the sixties you had like The Twilight Zone and Outer Limits and uh, One Step Beyond. You know. Th- so that kind of thing as a television show also kind of always existed. But I feel like the 80s, because we were getting, we were seeing some of the ones from the 70s, like played on television. And then we had our own in even, the 80s, like with the Creep Show. And For me, it even goes back to, uh, to uh, like radio when you have like some yeah. of the suspense and the, you know. Yeah, but that's all, all like. Well, you get like a narrator, like suspense has the man in black, you know what yeah. I mean? Or the other one, the, um, uh, uh, you know, the door opens or one uh, lights out. That's almost kind of narrated. There's those stupid puns. Watch out if you're black and yellow. You know, like really stupid puns. Of the day. Yeah. But those have a narrator-ish kind of a, you know, closing the story out. That's my point. It's a long-standing tradition. Yeah. <clears throat> Lord. But I feel like we, <clears throat> I, f- I feel like that they, m- I could be wrong because, uh, you know, I'm ignorant to the fact of how other generations grew up. <laughs> I can only speak from personal experience, but... I feel like we have our generation has a very specific relationship to them to these kinds of sure. movies because we have like Cat's Eye and Twilight Zone the movie and Creep Show and uh, you know they seem to there seem to be like not a glut but a lot of ones that are memorable to our generation going into, up to Tales from the Dark Side which was based on the television show. 
Uh, you mentioned Tales from the Crypt in the Volta Horror from the then, 70s. Yeah, Tales from the Crypt, the Volta Horror. And then, obviously, the Tales from the Crypt tel- television show on HBO became, uh, you know, was a bit of a phenomenon for What's our generation. What's the 70s one that's really good? What, what, the, what the actress is doing all three with the little doll oh, at the Tales end. Tales of Terror? Ter- Tales of Terror, which is another Tales of Terror. Karen Black. Yeah, that's a that's TV movie. That's one of the Dan Curtis ones. Fabulous. <clears throat> um, and it's her, one actress in all three vignettes or stories playing different characters. Yeah. So, uh, and I know that it's a subgenre that you and I have always had an, a certain kind of a, a certain affection for. Sure. <laughs> and w- you know, w- when we talk about our dreams of making movies, we've, we've there's been periods where we've talked about like we should do an anthology horror yeah. movie or just an anthology movie. And most recently, and we could each direct parts of it. And the uh, VHSs, you know, those have been uh, yeah. pretty pretty big. I mm-hmm. haven't seen any past two, but I think there's more. There's like three. And then or four. there's like the ABCs of horror, yeah. which are more recent <clears> ones. <throat> I think there's the Tales of Halloween. Uh, and then most recently, kind of the new incarnation of Masters of Horror it was uh, Nightmare Cinema, which was kind of put together by Mick Garris, and he does an episode, and Joe Dante does an episode uh, within the you know of a piece of the anthology, which is pretty interesting. And that so, was a totally series from two thousand four, five originally on Showtime. Yeah, maybe? Masters of Horror. Then that became. Then that became a network tell that trend morphed into a network show. Anyway, so well, so it's popular enough that it keeps reoccurring. At yeah, tradition unfortunately, and then I don't. It's it's like it. It's my understanding that they keep on getting made out of the love for it. Yeah, but it's a tough sell because none of them do that well financially. Yeah, <laughs> so unfortunately, there's not a, a big draw for them. Uh, I guess. Do you think there's a box office, but there's an affection for it by the fans? Do you think there's a connection, a difference, uh, aside from the obvious one, if you take a Twilight Zone show or a Tales from the Crypt show, and then, you know, those are only one episode, a story, but then when you get to the movies, you know, you, if you're doing a Tales from the Crypt movie, you have three or four stories or Twilight Zone. Yeah. Do you find a difference between, you know, having a couple bundled together as opposed to the one-off show, you know, the... Uh, you know, the guy coming up at the beginning and telling you and then see you next week, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, in, in terms of what? I mean, that's a totally different format. Well, that's what I mean. So then it's, so then you would, I guess. Yes, be, it is different. It'd be two different genres. But in terms of a, like a viewing. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a, you know, it's tough. I mean, it's like essentially like having the, buying your comic every week or every month or in a way, waiting for, for the, the trade for the trade to come oh, yeah, out, which is like yeah. a culmination, and then that's an anthology or whatever. Yeah, 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 or one story arc. Yeah, yeah. Um, but th- what's kind of brilliant about this one, and we can, and I'd love to get more into it, is that this one, in my, in a way, kind of fills both because everything's so brilliantly woven together mm-hmm. and connected. It, it it fills like that anthology. Uh like convention while also feeling a lot like one stand like one piece one night or yeah as opposed to like four very different episodes with some guy saying next up and you <laughs> open another painting like a, night gallery or something this one is like the way they've constructed it is yeah it's kind of beautiful and the other sub genre that i think it fulfills uh it, it's a mu- very it's a much smaller sub genre of horror is the killer with a burlap sack on top of his head. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, very niche, but very relevant. You get like very the, socially relevant. Yeah, you get uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, you get that one. The you, first, you know, second Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, because it's a, it's a, oh, we're distinguishing. You're right, burlap as opposed to just pillowcases. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, what's the one with the the the, the town that oh, the town that never feared the sundown, <laughs> feared the darker whatever that movie's darker, called, yeah, which was remade it's recently. A true story supposedly, or something something like that. It's based on true events or something. That, that I think with the town that feared sundown, maybe something. Yeah, like that. Um, yeah, you're right. They did they did remake that recently. Uh, but the remake's pretty decent. Yeah, um, it's a great. Blu-ray to get because there's another movie. You get like an extra. You get a bonus movie by the, on same, the new one by the same guy. No, for the for the original one. Okay. Um, in a way, uh, it might be not a killer, but I, the uh, that the the orphanage. Okay, that has like a creepy, like burlapy with the kids mask. In, yeah, on the, yeah. One of the ghosts. That's true. <laughs> that that makes the mark. So. We'll have to keep keep f- seeing what else we can fulfill of that. I'm opinion. sure there's there's got to be more. Yeah, I was I thought you were going to go for the niche Sanhain kind of uh, appears in aside from a Ghostbusters real Ghostbusters episode. Yeah, uh, the cartoon. Um, he's in that too as well. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember when I first saw it what my expectations were. I knew it was an anthology, and I think it is really smart and fun that it is kind of all uh, laced together. Well, I think one of the reasons why it made such an impact on horror fans or appreciators of horror movies um, is that it was coming out and it's one of the reasons why it got delayed was that it was coming out in the during like the heart of like the torture porn Asian extreme you know it came out one of the reasons why it got pushed was because they didn't want it to compete with I think Saw 4 yeah, so by that Saw's. point like you know ultimately I think there's eight Saw movies but the first seven are all made every consecutive years yeah <laughs> uh, and it's not until Saw when Saw 8 comes around they decide like by that point Paranormal Activity is becoming the new thing and Saw had always kind of owned the October release for a horror movie for those seven years and then they were going to be competing with a, a paranormal activity movie and I think the producers just decided like you know let's back off let paranormal activity have their have their 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 Halloween their October release and then we'll shoot back around and then a couple years later they come out with Jigsaw which kind of uh, reimagines the Saw series in a way that uh, in, in my in my opinion is, is, is very entertaining and kind of fun but uh so this movie comes out in a period of horror when uh, I think we were hungry for something like this, something that was fun. I mean, certainly I was, I was about to say lighthearted, which it's it's not, but it is at the same time. Um, well, it's definitely it seems nostal- it's, it's, it's like yeah. nostalgic. It's steep more in tradition than than the, that new you know trend at the time where you had you had good. Horror, you had good like movies like The Ring and stuff like that going on, yeah, and scary movies. But all those movies, the but horror, mo- uh, most of the horror movies of that time, were like the hostels and were, the, yeah, but, but also were just very bleak. Yeah. Whereas this one, there's even though it's there's some horrible stuff happening in it because it's it's a horror movie and it's a fairly graphic horror movie. Uh, there's like a whimsy to it. Yeah. 
that I think really, uh, at least for our generation, it also it brings was like you a breath fresh air when it came out. It's like you said. It's I mean, since it being nostalgic, it kind of gives you a lot of the stuff you remember of the Halloween night trick or treating that kind of a thing. I mean, I personally never really cared for those the torture porns. I saw the first saw in the theater, and then when I saw the second or third, they, it just kind of got too much for me. Like I've probably said this to you before, but like those movies like Funny Games and The Strangers and the Rob Zombies, those are a little too real for me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that, that stuff kind of actually happened. Not the Saw movies, but yeah. I mean like, you know, the home invasion movies and the beating people up for no reason and then like, you know, going to the next house and that's the end of the movie. That stuff's a little too much for me. So I, I Yeah. You know And it, I'm sure there were other movies that weren't of that vein. Sure. Um that's why I was bringing so I don't up the like, horror fans like, well, we had you sure. know, scream movies and you know blah 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 other things, but uh I mean there were a lot of good the orphanage came out, you said around that time too. That was really good. Uh you had a lot of supernatural stuff happening that yeah. I really liked at the time. And stuff like you know, rest stop. I love those. I mean, am I the only guy that like loved the, 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 the Winnebago and those rest stop movies? Or there's a couple other niche horror movies that came out that. And this is also the time, too, where everything the world was changing because you know <clears throat> I think uh, really expensive flat screen TVs were becoming more affordable. People uh, weren't going to the movies as much. It, it was we were starting to lose the the luster and the sheen of going to the cinema to see something, and your streaming options were developing. You know, so it's like there was suddenly all this product. Yeah, you know, I was get you know I, at the time was getting Netflix in the mail, so you had that. But then I felt like you were starting to develop the infancy of streaming technology and stuff, and then suddenly, yeah. you know, everything, and then you had six hundred channels or a thousand channels. So well, everything, everything from the second. Dion and I graduated from college 2001 is like one year to me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's hard for me to keep track. It's all just a blur. Like, I can't think of like when did I. That's why when you I was, say. I was very early on the. Ba- I was very early onto the subscription of Netflix, like before anybody else I knew. Like I jumped on that really quickly. Uh, but I have no idea what year it was. Yeah. Like I'm just. I'm like the worst. You know, once we stopped marking every year with like, I'm a sophomore. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm in twelfth grade. They all just blend now. together. Now it's just that's it's nothing. Like what happened that year? Since now it's you know? not. Since now I'm not marking. <laughs> well, that's why you said what year you were like. I've only watched this, and it's like, oh, it was twelve years ago. This movie. Oh, it came out ten years ago, but it's twelve years old. It's like oh, that's how that means I watched this ten years ago. And it's like, well, that's pretty crazy. Two thousand nine. You know? I'm always because always people ask me about like certain years, and I'll, I'm always texting them like, "What year did we live together in Yonkers? What was our address?" <laughs> because because <laughs> I need you to like put like it was this year, so that then I can like figure out what year ha- that will this happen two years after that. So that's I still got stuff of yours. You're like, I'll come get that next time I come over. I'm like, <laughs> it's in one closet, the storage yeah. in Dan's apartment. My crap. <laughs> A lot of CDs. I think we left the air conditioner in that house. Did we? I did anyway when I moved out. I was meant to come back and get it, but I never did. I don't remember. I got a couple of your stuff. Your mom had like instructions on a microwave stuff, like on post-its. I still got all that. (laughs) In Mel Mac way, your art. Oh, you have my Mel Mac way. Yeah, you left it there. I was like, what the fuck is this? When Stratton moved out too, he left his golf clubs. He left like one of those, you know, you plug in and it's like a fryer. You can like do pancakes on it. I'm like, what am I, a fucking garage? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> fucking people. Well, you should be silverware that you have a Mel Mac way fucking oh, I street am. sign. I am. You know. Uh, but anyway, so uh, trick or treat. 2009. Uh, Written and directed by Michael Dougherty. 
Doherty, who uh, at the time was best known for co-writing X-Men 2, X-Men United, and Superman Returns with his writing partner, Dan Harris. Uh, But nowadays, he's best known for directing the 2015 film Krampus, and now most notably, a giant step forward in his career in terms of responsibility and budget, he directed Godzilla, King of the Monsters. This year in 2019. And that's the sequel to the 2013 or 14 one, Godzilla. Maybe 2015. Um, um, great score by Bear McCreary in the in King of the Monsters, where he was the first American film to go back and utilize some of the Japanese, original Japanese themes the dun, in the score. Dun, dun. I haven't seen it yet. That's pretty cool. I love Krampus. Isn't Krampus an anthology? I don't think, honestly, I'm going to, you know... Or was discredit he, myself, but I don't think I've seen it. There's the other, I don't think so. That's the one with Tony Collette. It's not Krampus. Is that the? There's another one. There's two that came out at the same time there, and I I, I thought one was an anthology because it ends up being there's like a there's a, a hook kind of an ending. You know, it's like a twist, and you're like, oh, so maybe I'm getting mixed up. The Santa's fighting Krampus. Is that that one? I don't know. Maybe we're really. Yeah. Well, it's because we. It's so much. We're you know, really. We're really shitting the bed on this. Yeah. Well, you know, it's late. It's late, at, <laughs> and we're cramming. We're doing double duty because we got four, four to get through. I know. This year. We got. Uh, we're always complaining. Is what we're always doing. We got so much to do. Um. So I. But I remember really liking Krampus, and I remember coming back because that was a great. That was another idea that we had. Remember, you're like, I want to make a movie about the, the, about the Krampus. The Krampus. Yeah, and then, like, a year later. Sh- I think I said it on the show. Yeah. It's like, that'll During be- one of our Christmas episodes, I think I was telling you about the Krampus. So we have it, unless someone came and cut it out. Oh. We have it uh, <laughs> saved forever. Uh, we always come up with these weird ideas, and they get taken, you know, and then developed because, uh, you know, it's such a great idea, the Krampus. You know? Yeah, it's shocking that it took so long. Yeah, for yeah. it to like become known what a Krampus was. It should have been like something like Universal movies, you know, or some you know like in the fifties they did Creature of the Black Lagoon. They did a Krampus too, you know, as well, as well. Uh, Krampus too. Yeah, it, going T-O-O. back in time <laughs> <laughs> as well. Wait, two Krampuses? Holy crap! Uh, so this was delayed two years when it came out, and then the connection with last week's episode is Brian Singer, who I don't know if we're able to talk about anymore. I know. He's, but he's, Superman he's, Returns, which we did mention uh, on our anniversary episode because we did Superman 2 and we were talking, we were having a heated debate whether this <laughs> comes, <laughs> whether Superman Returns comes in the chronology supposed to come right after Superman 2. Or it yeah. wasn't a heated debate. We just I was like, I think that's supposed to happen. It's, I think a, it's that's the a way it sequel was. to the to the Christopher Reeves movies, and we did, we couldn't remember if it dropped three or four, or if it comes after two. But we brought it up as well because the connection was since they were making. But uh, Michael Dougherty wrote the script for it. Superman Returns, yeah. and they re they they unearthed the footage of Marlon Brando that they ended up saying like, oh, well, you know, since we can make money on this, we'll do a Donner cut that everyone's wanting. And then we all talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah. So so Singer helped uh, get all that done underway because he was the bee's knees at that time. Because then he he did the first X Men, which he did know, the first nineteen, believe the first two X Men. Yeah, that's what you just cited. The uh, yeah. United was it? What's the whatever that yeah, title X2, is? Which is my favorite of the yeah I like X2 I like the first one too I haven't seen the third one since it came out I like all I feel like people forgot about those now that we have all this once we started seeing the Marvel logo it's like everybody's (laughs) like I'm like well I remember the weekend that came out that was the reading the paper about that was like if this X-Men doesn't do well 
you could forget you could you could sell the farm on superhero movies you know because they had a lot going writing on it for all those years you know, you and I were casting an X-Men movie back in the early or the mid-90s. Yeah, we were sitting there playing with our muscle men. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we brought that up last week, didn't we? That we said like playing with the figures from the 90s cartoon <laughs> show. We had the uh, in the uh, and then we, uh, you know, Harvey Keitel as Wolverine. We had a whole, we had a whole sloopy. Come on, Harvey Keitel as Wolverine. Back when Harvey Keitel was, you know, in his prime, in his, the 80s, I mean, 90s. Yeah, think of like Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. <laughs> you know. <laughs> With a cigar, you know, and you know, Harvey, well, maybe we'd see a nude scene. He'd be fine with that. Because <laughs> Wolverine one is supposed to be short, which yep. Hugh Jackman is not. Correct, and he's supposed to be old, which Hugh Jackman was not. Yeah, at the time. Don't now, get me wrong; I like Hugh Jackman. He looks like I, he's suspended in animation. Um, so yeah, so Singer was doing those at the time. So Singer was kind of writing his own path at that. So then he was like, "I'm going to do a DC movie." So he did. He crossed over to the Superman Returns, yeah, which he, I guess was a disappointment. I saw that in a the theater, but yeah, I guess it didn't do well. As well which as is they, another reason why they cite maybe the delay of the release because of this of Trigger Treat is because uh, Superman Two didn't perform. Superman Returns. A, Superman Returns didn't perform as well. As expected. But why don't... See, I so, read that too, that, but why would people be... that was produced by Singer. I mean, uh, Trick or Treat is pr- produced by Singer, and it was written and directed by one of the guys that wrote that movie. I don't think anybody, the regular movie-going audience, would know or care. Yeah, but why Yeah, why would it, Why would there be connection? Unless they were like, brought to you by... <laughs> yeah, the people who brought it. <laughs> a Quinn Martin production. <laughs> brought to you by... You know, the people that brought you Superman Returns. <laughs> it's going to be bringing you a whole new adventure in Halloween. But it's like it has... Not, it, to me, it more sounds like they were at a party and somebody like spilled a cocktail on somebody's shirt and they're like, who was that guy? Fuck him. Take, you know, and like, <laughs> take his movie off. Take his roster. Burn it, you know? Because who cares? You know, Brian Singer, as we I just cited, s- was doing all these great movies. Yeah, I can see... To me, it makes more sense that they would say, oh, shit, if our competition is Saw 4, maybe we should rethink yeah. when we're going to release it. But it doesn't make sense to re- release Trick or Treat anytime other than October. And then two, Maybe late September. I know, but people... I mean, that's something that's happened in the theatrical run. You, you know could have I mean? it in the summer. You know, I mean, I mean, we've seen, like, Christmas movies come out in the summer. I wouldn't put anything against Hollywood or put it past Hollywood, but I yeah, don't know why. I mean, even H2O, the Halloween, Halloween H2O, that didn't come out around Halloween. It's just weird that they would hold it for two years. You got Brian Cox, who's a well-named. And had done festival runs and had been well-received. Anna Paquin, uh, um, what's-her-face from the other... Um, oh, hey, that's Anna Paquin, I'm sorry. From the Halloween movies. Or from the X Men movies, well, yeah, from the X Men movies. Yeah, that's Anna Paquin. Yeah, Academy Award winner Adam Anna Paquin. What did she win in the Academy Award? I think, didn't she win for the piano when she was like four? Oh, is that her with Harvey, Harvey Keitel? Isn't he a new scene? <laughs> Don't we get to see his junk in that movie? There was a year or two where Harvey Keitel on his contract, he had to cry in every movie, and we had to see Full Frontal, Sight, Bad Lieutenant again. <laughs> tweet, 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 tweet. I'm like, whoa, Harvey Keitel. Had the lovely Leslie Bibb in Trick or Treat. Yep. Um. And uh, do you have a? Did you tell me a story? We th- I, I'm trying to think. I told the story. But I you to- cut it out. We have a we have s- some outtakes of stuff that we may not feel is pr- appropriate. Some stuff that's not sensitive. Sometimes we run over. Sometimes we just talk too much. Sometimes it's just not related enough. Yeah. And then I get like a text later. Blake's like, maybe we should cut that. Out. <laughs> yeah, you know. 
So, I, don't, I don't think I told us. I don't think my story about Dylan Baker was sensitive. It's, no, maybe it just it was completely off top. It was around the houses a bit, so we cut it out of one episode. So maybe Willow we cut it out of. That's that could be right. You know. Anyway, so I mean, it's not a huge story. Only that, like, he's somewhat of a neighbor. He lives in my building. Yeah, and he plays the principal. He in the plays movie. principal Stephen Wilkins, and yeah. he's in everything from uh, Happiness, which is a very. Uh, dark comedy that I happen to like a lot. Um, and the first I was watching uh, on on maybe HBO or Stars, they had uh, that movie from the late 80s or early 90s, uh, Love Potion Number 9 with Sandra Bullock. Okay. And he was in that. And I was like, oh, man, that's, that's that guy. Yeah. Oh, he's in a slew of stuff. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, uh, in the 90s. And he was in the, the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yeah. As uh, the professor that would would have later become the lizard. Yeah, Harry um Styles. Harry. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> his name, Harry something. I forget. But the, yeah, maybe so he's not even Harry. I'm he, and I feel like he always plays a Ken he's played a Kennedy a lot. I feel like maybe in T V movies and, and stuff. I could see him being a Kennedy. Um but uh yeah, he lives in my building. Uh he's a nice guy. He has a dog and uh who likes to eat things. <laughs> One of those dogs that picks stuff up. Yeah. And uh, there was, last year, there was an apartment with an older woman who ha- that had a fire. Yeah. And he went in and got her. Wow. He saved her. Really? Yeah. So props to Dylan Baker. Yeah. Holy crap. International man of mystery. Yeah, kicking in doors. <laughs> going in there. So you know Dylan Baker. That's or he sure. woke her up. Maybe she was asleep and. He saw the. I don't know the specific of the story, but we're gonna go. With I know he that got a ladder. I know that he was the one that kicked in the door. To action. Yeah, you know he had the blank. He did the um, the Robert Wagner blanket over the head into the tower <laughs> inferno. <laughs> <laughs> he covered in lighter fluid. That's that's a towering inferno reference, which he also did on this podcast. So he's in that too. So we got a lot of good actors. I mean, Brian, yeah, it's a great cast. I met Brian Cox at my day job last year. He was promoting. He did. It's kind of sad too. He did a movie that was where he played Churchill, but it's right around the time it was like two months before <laughs> Gary Oldman's Churchill came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And Gary Oldman, of course, got the Oscar for that, which you know Gary Oldman that should have got an Oscar years ago. What's that? Toby Jones is that Toby his name? Wong? Oh, he did the Hitchcock. We did Hitchcock, and he also did. Uh, uh, yeah, for, uh, what's Capote. his face for the Breakfast at Tiffany's? The um, he did the thing with Daniel about writing in cold blood. Yeah, his movie with Daniel Craig was in it as one of the killers. Then, because at the end they like kiss. I didn't know if there was like a love affair. He had because he Truman Capote wrote in Cold Blood, and then he yeah. was in that movie they had him so going. He, but he played Capote at the same time as Philip Seymour Hoffman's yeah. Capote came out, and then he played Hitchcock at the same time that Anthony Hopkins is Hitchcock yeah, for movie HBO came. or something <laughs> like that. So, um, so I met Cox when he was here. And, you know, it's one of these things where you just walk into a room and he's sitting there, like, on his phone. You're like, holy shit, it's Brian Cox. It's like, fucking oh, Hannibal Lester. Fucking, well, that's what I said to him. So I was like, how are you, sir? Hey, how, how's everything? And he's like, good. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, I was trying to... He get, was an ex, too. Yeah, I, yeah. he's he's fa- <laughs> he's the... He's the um, striker. Yeah, he's striker, isn't he? Because he's also in the Wolverine. Don't they have him be in the... No. 
That's um, somebody else playing Danny, that character. That's Danny Houston. Uh, but yes, he's played Stryker in the in the in the uh, X Men movies. But anyway, I saw, and he's also in the ring, isn't he? The one that drops the toaster in the. He is in the ah, you, you don't know, and he drops the toaster into the bath. Really fucked up. I love Brian. Yeah, so Man, he's in there. Manhunter for Christ's well, sake. That's what I'm getting to. So I was like, I was like trying to get the get the goal up to ask for a picture, and then he was starting to leave. And I was like, shit, he's leaving. So I went up quickly, and as he was leaving, I held the door for him, and I said, you know. I freaking love you as Hannibal Lecter. And he said, oh, thank you, son. You know, I was like, you're the only, you're the only one for me. Dr. Lecter. Dr. And I started doing Manhunter jokes. He's like, do you see Mrs. Leeds in a transformation? <laughs> do you see? Do you see Mrs. Leeds' eyes? Do you see? And he's like, I don't know. I'm leaving. So, but Brian Cox, freaking awesome. Uh, and he's great in this. And he's also great. And you ever see that movie Red Eye? With, uh, he's in it for no reason with that. Uh, what's his face? Killian Murphy. So it's on the plane. That's a Wes Craven Yeah, movie. exactly. Wes Craven, right? Brian Cox is in that. What's the uh, movie? I get him and Albert Finney sometimes messed up, which is, I don't well, know why. I can see. They aged, they aged. Kind of the same. Similarly. Yeah. Different generations, but, uh, you know. He's also in that Johnny Knoxville movie where he <laughs> they're going to rig the Special Olympics. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> he's like his that. uncle who wants him to. <laughs> Compete the special Olympics. Yeah, he's got a lot of. Uh, you're like, oh, it's Saints Brian. And I feel like there's a couple other ones we should be really mentioning. Well, he's one yeah. of those guys that can be fucking intimidating and scary. Yeah. And as Hannibal Lecter, but then like really funny. It's yeah. something. He's on a show right now. That's like Churchill. <laughs> that's on HBO. Yeah. With one of the Calkins. Okay. And the guy that played uh, Reed on uh, Ripper Street. Okay. Um, Looks good. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I think they're in like season two now, whatever that show is. Yeah. So he's great full, actor. Yeah, it says. We give, you, we give you half the information. You want to know the rest? You got to go. <laughs> you got to take that extra step and go look yourself. <laughs> you got to go look it up. We just, we just wet the whistle. Uh, you know. Because we don't want to give it to <laughs> you. Like, There's some show that sounds interesting. Yeah. I have no idea what it's called. <laughs> I don't know what it's Brian Cox. Just go look up Brian. <laughs> take your space phones and go to page IMDb. <laughs> Uh, in the in the Psalms, uh, David three point two. So the other thing, which is far more relevant, because we watched it after I read the um, the wiki and all the doing the prep for this, is that it does have a fuckload of like, carpenter influence. Even the beginning, the shot with the pumpkin is yeah. almost like Halloween, and it kind of looks like kind of like Halloween well, seventy eight. Made Halloween, you know, Laurie Strode. Yeah, the like, characters uh, Laurie's John Carpenter in it. again. It's like you know, there's a lot. Well, I never. And then they said that even there's Bottles, enough enough with John Carpenter. Blake, stop talking about John Carpenter. Well, they they say they even modeled Brian Cox's look off of John uh, Carpenter, which I don't really see. No, I, I can kind of see it. I mean, he just he, looks like a creepy old man. <laughs> the word on the street is Brian Cox met Carpenter. And thought he was interesting looking. Pulled right out of the seventies because at that point he was, you know, had still had a little more had a little more hair on top. Is this where he met Cox? Met him back then? Yeah, oh. like a few years before this. Oh, 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 not back in the seventies. No, okay. But he thought that Carpenter gotcha. was like a transplant from the seventies because he was. If you see the pictures of when he's making, like vampires. Yeah, you know, he's got the long. He's rocking like. A ponytail. He's got those huge glasses, right? He's got like, like, the, like almost like the De Niro, <laughs> like blue blockers. He's not, he's not rocking them. Like not the to Romero, Romero glasses, no. But he's but more like the round. Yeah, you know. And he just thought there was a striking look. So when they cast him in this, and he, he was like, I want to look like John Carpenter in it. He was wearing the glasses that, like, in the eighties, that like the guys and girls would wear. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, we see this great picture when he's making vampires where he's got like not a cowboy hat but like a like a big hat because they're out like in the desert yeah um and he's got sunglasses on and he's like showing the lead vampire like how to do something and it looks very intense yeah in that picture um and then he said he also kind of that was awfully loosely that look was also loosely inspired by like David Crosby and Jerry Garcia. I guess the idea of that, like this guy maybe kind of, uh, this is Brian Cox saying, this? yeah, you know, kind of stopped. I thought you had David Carpenter's talking about that. Like his look on set. No, Brian Cox is talking about the look of his, uh, his character, his character of, of Krieg, the bus driver. Um, but I guess maybe the, like that guy's life kind of stopped in the seventies. Sure, when that accident happened. Yeah, I mean, which we don't find out that that's that's the big reveal at the end of the movie. So yeah, we're kind of working backwards here. But uh, you almost feel bad for the guy because I remember in this viewing, I remember watching the movie uh, the first time, and then in this viewing, when the kid is about to get him, and then he gives the kid the candy bar, and the kid walks away. After you saw the reveal of the mask of the little Sam kid, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, it's trick or treat. He just wanted something to eat, you give him, and he leaves. So, you well, know. he told them right on the wall. Yeah, exactly. When he, when give me something good to eat. <laughs> he's trick or treat, give me something good to eat. You know, That's all he wanted. If wanted. you don't, I don't care. I'll pull down your underwear. Um, Which actually plays into wrap around you know finish your thought oh no so that so then because at the end we don't know the implication of how he's connected to the story except he's a neighbor so we're thinking oh maybe he's just an innocent bystander caught up in all this except being a scrooge of halloween because so when he gives the kid when they when the kid starts eating his candy bar and leaves you're like oh that was all it was it was one of these you need to obey the rules quote unquote and then so the next scene when you see he's all bandaged up you're like oh he kind of survived the night but he knows one better now he's He's keeping his mouth shut. He's giving out the candy like he's supposed to. And then, you know, before you get that final little, you know, denouement. Yeah. You know. A little repulsion. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we all float down here, Richard. We all float Richard. So that's a creep show reference. But what I was going to say is what you reminded me of yeah. was you were saying uh, an hour ago when we started this episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> about how this. Duke's a hazard. <laughs> how this could uh, maybe. Uh, abide by some of the horror movie uh, rules sure. and tropes, and my what we we then went down a long alley that made me forget the fact that where I was going was that a lot of country roads on this show was that uh, yes one could read that into it, but one of the things in addition to the fact that it's a, a very carefully constructed, beautifully woven together uh, anthology film as one, you know, beautifully woven together into one film is that it's actually the whole point of the movie, like is the motivation of everything that's happened in the movie is all due to like the rules of Halloween. Mm. And it's the people that break those rules. Not so much the people that are breaking, like I'm going to have sex or uh, I'll saying I will, I'll be right back. Which or, are like slasher yeah, movie rules. It's saying like when you break the rules of Halloween. What, when that, you mean the, of the, of the uh, holiday? Yeah. Not giving, tr- you know. Not like smashing pumpkins, taking all the candy. You know, so the witnesses are fucked in this because <laughs> they keep the doors shut. You know, like they're they're gonna be preyed on. You know, taking being the kid that takes all the candy, yeah. not checking the candy, make sure that there's not a razor blade or something. Which stuck I think we've talked it. about years. Before. Blowing <laughs> out the 
the jack-o'-lantern light, taking down the decorations. That's a little then, anal, isn't it? It's like it's like blowing out the light, for Christ's sakes. It's like, you know, it's not, you know. But, yeah, you're right. She's wants to take everything down that night, and it's like, you got to wait till like, everyone's got their watches out. You know, yeah. wait till midnight, you know. You know, the <clears throat> Brian Cox character is, you know, not giving out candy on Halloween to the kids. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, the movie's working on on a couple of levels. They're not inter- I don't think they're incredibly like deep, profound levels, but kind of interesting. And 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 one of the things that I think works very well about the film is that being one, like the the, the people that break the rules of Halloween are the people that that uh, incur the wrath of yeah. Sammy. And then each story, in a way, kind of represents. Ha- like a period of time in someone's life experiencing Halloween. So, you know, the party with the, with the, with the girls, the, the, the werewolf girls, that's like when you're tw- in your twenties, when Halloween becomes kind of sexualized and you're maybe in college and you go to Halloween parties and it's like the, you know, the sexy nurse and the sexy, this, and oh, the old days. <laughs> you know, where, <laughs> whereas, you know the the principal story, the the Dylan Baker uh, principal Wilkins story, is you know experiencing Halloween as a kid with your dad and starting the traditions of Halloween of like carving the pumpkin with your dad. But you know it takes a very macabre twist at the end of that story. The uh, the story with the kids and the jack o' lanterns going to the rock quarry is that period of time when you're first going to trick or treat by yourself. Mm. You know, in your early teens, you know, 12, 13, 14, you're first getting to go out on your own with your friends. Um, and there's a nice little homage to the, uh, you know, the great pumpkin caper. <laughs> What's oh, the, Charlie Brown. The Charlie Brown. Yeah. You know, as we see that, like, their silhouettes cross the, the pumpkin patch. Yeah. Um, so it it's... A, and someone says that too, like go watch a Charlie Brown pumpkin. Remember when he's he says Dale and Baker's to the yeah. kid, and you know the the opening story with Leslie Bibb and uh, Tomo Pennicut, who's from uh, I think he was in uh, the reboot of uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, they're like, you know, that period of time when you're too old for the sexy Halloween. But yet you haven't, you don't have kids yet, so you're not starting new family traditions with Halloween. <clears throat> so she's a little bit of a, you know, she's a little bit of a Scrooge with it. And of course, there's the parade, which you know that's New York has, you know, a Halloween parade. I'm sure other towns do. So it's an interesting kind of this collection of uh, ideas of of Halloween and horror which I think plays into the charm of this movie in terms of what I was saying earlier, like that nostalgia. That nostalgic feel is not necessarily nostalgia for uh, you know, certain kinds of horror movies. There's a little bit of that of the anthology film and, and some of the tropes. But it, like you were saying, which is like the nostalgia is more about the nostalgia of Halloween and going trick-or-treating or, or you know, the, the various parts of Halloween that we all kind of carving a jack yeah that we all kind of grew up with that's kind of in here and and it's kind of brilliantly constructed not just as a a very carefully woven anthology film where everything kind of interlocks in a very uh, interesting way but I think it's a great device of kind of taking the viewer 
on a trip through your life's experience with Halloween as you've as you've grown up. What's the girl's name who's at the beginning? The first L- Leslie Bibb. Oh, because yeah, she's, isn't she dating? I think Sam Rockwell. I think she's in a, in a relationship with him. She might be. Yeah, I think <clears throat> you're right. She was in uh, one of my favorite underrated horror movies, Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> with that other no name who no one's ever heard of, um, uh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Maybe. Yeah, hey, I Coop? think he's Cooper. He's got a. He's got a. Um, uh, he's got a trajectory in this business. Directed by the great Ryuai Kitamura. Who yeah. Directed Versus. No. Which is another one of my You favorites. love Versus. I just showed somebody Versus the other day. I was like, you ever heard of this? He's like, no. I was like, wow. You got yeah, it. that movie, that was weird. That movie, not to go on down a, ver- a Versus uh, road, but uh, it was weird that that movie was really big, like right instantly, when it when it, right when it came out, and then you could find it at like, you know, weird places. Like a, like a gas station for $5. <laughs> or in New York, you know, they, they have a lot of these little, like, video stores that you can find, like, weird uh, Asian imports and it's or like bootlegs. It, it's very much a product of its time. It's and like, then it just kind of fizzled. Like, yeah. it just, like, I feel like it came out on DVD a couple times, maybe a, a couple of special editions trying to hit that audience that really loved it, but then it was one of those movies that just did Forgotten. Yeah, oh. it just kind of became front. Yeah. Like, Black Sheep. Not the yeah. Chris Farley movie, but the New Zealand... Uh, the horror movie, horror movie about sheep. <laughs> yeah, zombie <laughs> was, sheep, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was like killer sheep. Yeah, and the, uh, that's like Son of Rambo. And I love that, that movie. movie. You know, it's like oh, Son of Rambo was a good movie. Yeah, but it's like one of those. It comes and it's gone. Yeah, really. You know? Oh yeah, that was good. And yeah, then and it's just like the next generation doesn't yeah. hear anything about it, so it gets lost in yeah. time. It's a ton of movies like but that. But that did not happen to Trick or Treat. No, it did not happen to Trick or Treat. Um, and you were saying Carpenter influences. Uh, certainly you get to, for the look and the fate. I mean, the mu- for me, the music sounds almost out of Danny Elfman's grab bag with yeah. the la la, you know, the great the, score by uh, a composer named Douglas Pipes. Yeah. Douglas Pipes is doing some really good things in that, which I'm digging. Yeah. It's definitely more of an Elfman-esque. Yeah. Uh, certainly it's, it's in certain, that vein. Yeah. Certain segments As compared to something like a John Carpenter score. Uh, they got a st- the, that I've always enjoyed that br- um, Marilyn Manson cover of Sweet Dreams. Yeah, which uh, originally, apparently, the they were going to do uh, Fever, sung by Peggy Lee, was the original intention for that scene. Oh, that would have worked. And they <laughs> actually originally they actually played that song Fever on set oh. when they shot it, and then they put it in even cut the in the with the rough cut actually cut to it and then there was a thought of like well maybe this needs to be like a little more aggressive sounding so then they were going to use a, a different cover of that and then they decided to look you know what let's screw it let's just pay for the Marilyn Manson cover because it's so good they should they should release a special cut or just a scene with fever in there I would have loved to have a little uh give me fe- a song doom doom <laughs> song that uh, I always love Buddy Guy doing a cover of. Oh, yeah, he does do a good cover of that. And I do a cover of uh, Elvis is a good the one. Willie Dixon uh, written, made famous by Howlin' Wolf song Spoonful, yeah. which Cream also covered, but I rearranged it to be more fever of, a, of, of a fever, fever-esque yeah. uh, version. Yeah, I'm a big Doors fan, and they sometimes when they do Light My Fire Live, they'll go into fever, you know into summertime into St. James Infirmary. But I'm a big fan of that 
Peggy Lee Fever, that song. Yeah. Well, it's, it's sexy. You know, it's like the other one. It's like, uh, hey, Big Spender, you know? Come spend a little time with me. I, I yell that at women when I'm like, hey, Big Spender. I didn't mean to take anyway, you off your uh, train of thought. No, so that that's that. And the other thing is that this is based off of a... But um, the Carpenter stuff. There's more Carpenter stuff. Okay, well, t- tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Since, since you since went here. Since you started. Tell it. me the Carpenter stuff. Well, Christine is in the movie. Yes, the, uh, the Fury is in it. That, you know... Um, I was going to get to that, but since we're here, uh, I love the bus in the movie, which is funny because to me, that's certainly from my era growing up that those buses were the buses you'd see. You know, it's a G, yeah. it, it's called a GMC. Uh, it's a 1982 GMC B series, but that freaking thing was, I mean, it's a short bus, but that look of the bus is something I can always, you know, when you, you know, the strange, this is almost something too. It's like, this is, you know, stranger things is popular now. Uh, it's been popular for the past couple of years. This was kind of doing it first 10 years before. You have an element of little Stranger Things here with a lot of nostalgia. You know, with the for me, like when I see the bus, the kids, you know, go trick-or-treating and then going out to do something crazy. Um, but uh, the whole scene when, you know, we, when you see the bus driving down the road and then you do see the, the red fury parked there, very Christine-esque. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I love the stunt when the bus goes over the... The, the cliff how they shot that you know you don't you know it's i think it's very cool how that you see it go over and then the camera just takes its time to go down and you see it sinking yeah and then when the reveal of the bus in the bog later on that's something as a kid i would have drew the shit out of i would have got a piece of paper and just freaking because i looked so awesome looking yeah that would have been my that my, my thing though uh but yeah i love the for me it's like so iconic that bus and because you know as we got older the buses changed and uh you can always pin the air of the movie was trying to be with the bus in it or it's a telltale sign that they messed up if they have a newer bus and it's like this is supposed to be the 70s i saw that recently where it's supposed to be the 70s but they have like 80s or 90s buses in it back when i was doing the 21 jump street podcast with mike vanderbilt and hopefully we'll get back to it someday uh there was a one of the episodes there's a fire and they cut to like stock footage of of, of a fire truck, yeah, <laughs> like blowing through like L.A., yeah, which looks like it must have been from like emergency. <laughs> yeah, sweet. <laughs> it was like, what? There's no way that's, there's no way that's the truck circa like 1987. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could you can usually tell how what those things look like, you know, especially if they're if they're uh you know like the sea crumbs those those kind of bullheaded ones or whatever color they are, you know, they can kind of look iconic, you know. But I mean, there's certain looks of like fire trucks, buses, uh, city buses. You know, the old city buses I see when I was little with those big front windows. You know, I love those things. Yeah. Uh, like that's what, like uh, at the end of Lethal Weapon, the bus hits the guy's car. You know, that like those kind of buses, dump trucks are another thing. Old Mack trucks. You can always tell the era. You know, it's very for me, the machines of the era. So, but Carpenter Fury, uh, Plymouth Fury, uh, Anna Paquin's character is named Lori. Yeah, Lori Strode. That uh, it's named after. She's named after Lori Strode from the original Halloween. And uh, there's a scene where Brian Cox says, "You got to be fucking kidding," which yeah, is the thing. of course. Uh, iconic line from the thing. Yeah, I feel like there's more, but uh, I mean, aside from Brian Cox modeling his look after John Carpenter, <laughs> but uh, yeah. you know, it, it it has that that look. It even looks like the night of, you know, that could be what's else going on on the on the name. I mean, aside from the the over the, in Ohio, yeah, the the parade of sex that's going on. You know, it's funny because watching the like everybody's making out. 
in those bump shots when you're going by. There's even like an elderly couple like this. <laughs> it's like, you know, like everyone's like, oh, there's people pass out. Like this is, I mean, they, they do uh, make note of that in that newscast, but that, that like this is, that this town takes it to new heights. Wasn't there another, there's a, there's a real town that does that because I saw it on Svinguli that like Svinguli went to visit this, that they close a street off and they just do this crazy like, it might not even be Halloween time, but it's like a horror festival yeah. in this town. But uh, I feel like there's another movie that has like a horror parade in it, right? No? Does that ring a bell? Uh, you know, people are dancing, dressing up. It could be like one of those House of the Dead movies or something. Or, yeah. or a Rave of the Dead or something. But anyway. But, you know, Halloween is a time where, you know, you're masked. You know, it's a time, it's the only time of year where you get to like be someone else. Sure. And, you know, it, I think in that... Uh, when you, especially when you get to a certain age, and even when you're younger, I think it's more mischievous. When you get older, it's probably more sexual. And but your your inhibitions get kind of, you know, I think it's part of the problem with you know what's happened with the internet, which is when you're anonymous, you're more apt to do, be inappropriate. Sure. <laughs> and I think there's a little bit of that in Halloween, and I think that parade and that party. That's going on at the when the kids show up at that party with the woman and the oh the, the, the swingers kind of party Henderson or whatever. Yeah. I think there's that's that's like the representation of that where it's like you know anonymous yeah uh, Ness can lead to you know people doing things that normally maybe wouldn't it's do. like eyes wide shut shit you know <laughs> true but I mean I liked what the newscaster says at one point she says like Halloween's the only time of the year where you can dress up and. Uh, you know, you can dress up as the scariest thing you can think of, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's true." You know, people you dress up as a pirate. You just, I mean, take the sexy stuff out. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's only flooded the market in the past twenty years. Like, you know, that hasn't always been a staple. Like going back to the eighties, I don't remember like sexy. I mean, but don't we get are me wrong, so word we of were, age though. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I feel like you know if what it we is? were in our twenties in like nineteen eighty four. Who I, knows if we went to a party? It probably wouldn't have been as you know. T- "Quote unquote slutty looking." Yeah, but <laughs> I was gonna say because that's what I feel like in the '90s. I worked at a party store, like when the party stores and and, and getting costumes that were like mass marketed pretty well. That's when they started getting like slutty nurse, slutty, slutty Undertaker, slutty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend and I at work, we do like the most inappropriate slutty outfits. Yeah. You know, uh, slutty Undertaker was one slutty corpse. <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> I was just trying to think of like really if you anybody out there would have start tweeting us start tweeting us some of the most inappropriate not inappropriate like slutty baby you know I mean yeah, like yeah. slutty like you know that you wouldn't think of also I don't know then nowadays you know such a weird time I don't even know if like slutty is a oh, an appropriate word, word yeah. you know I would say sexy okay sexy we'll do a lot if you have some money <laughs> if, if, if if drinking beer um the this is based on a short film he did from two, 1996 called Seasons Greetings, uh, and that was an animated thing he did. It was an animated film that he did as a student in NYU during for his animation class. Yeah, and uh, watching that because that's on a uh, you know you can get that that has been released as special features on these discs. To me, uh, 
that looked a lot like a, a thing we've also covered on here, the Garfield Christmas uh, Halloween special. You yeah. know, it, the look and the and the style of the neighborhood that that little short that the little Sam characters walking around in very much to me look like you could see Garfield and Odie walking by as the pirates. <laughs> you know, uh, singing like cut. you know, da, 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 yeah, thirty men <laughs> lost at sea, all of them drunk except for me. You know, you know, but there's not a lot going on in that. It's just a lot of him walking around, and then you know, there's a scene. I mean, where, it's very short. It's yeah, only like, it's like three, three minutes, three or three four and a half minutes. minutes, and then you see like a shadowy figure. You know, I think back, trap when, back when Fearnet was a thing, yeah, um, which yeah. was like a streaming service that you get online, but also on, it's not, it, on demand. It's defunct now? Yeah, I don't think it exists anymore. Well, it, was, it was a thing that you could have like on demand if your cable provider oh. um, got it. So I don't think it was like a station or channel that you could watch live material, to my recollection. But if you're capable of provided it was like an on-demand channel you could and they had horror movies and horror movie specials fear net and they had a uh 2011 like a short special that they did for halloween um film shorts that 2011 and they they put it on there he was like in yeah it was like an easter uh, promotional which is how i which is how i saw midnight meat train because that movie never came out in theaters even though i was waiting for it even though they had previews and then all of a sudden it never came out had previews in the theater yeah and that's another one i was like like, kitamora awesome yeah and then has that uh that yeah vinnie jones maybe jones (laughs) 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 i was like shit that movie looks awesome based on clive barker and then it never came out and then it ended up popping up like the pre- premiered on Fearnet, I think. Full disclosure, I've never seen that movie because it's been kind of revealed to me. Not that I haven't wanted to, but it just went um, it went missed. And that's about just what there's a secret train you can get on. It's cannibalism, right? He's cutting people up. Or, or the people, is it, who's just, servicing the can? Just watch it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> you thought it was spoiled, but <laughs> apparently it wasn't. Yeah. So. Okay. I, there's There's... Actually, more I, don't, I don't know if you like it, to be honest yeah. with you. It's also one of those movies that's clearly shot in, like, Canada. Yeah, I know. It's supposed to be New York City. Yeah, I remember the interiors of that. It looked like that. Uh, but it's in the vein of, like, a chud. You know me. I love a chud or I love a... Yeah, I, I mean, I like it. One. I like it. Creeper. Creep. That's another good one. From Do you ever see that one from 2005? That's that subway, British subway movie where the girl gets locked in the subway station and some some crazy guy is killing her and, and looks like an alien and then there's all there's I don't know if doctors I know, I know raw meat yeah no it's not raw meat but it's the Which same vein as raw meat title yeah mind the doors maybe that's great that great donald pleasance in that and a g- very fabulous christopher lee has a cameo and that is mi5 memory goes and talks mm-hmm. and i think pleasance is even doing like a northern accent in that one he's like hey oh you know <laughs> but uh raw meat's <laughs> a great movie yeah i love that movie yeah that's a double feature right there raw meat and chud you know, not so much Chud 2. I watched, I revisited Chud 2 because for years you couldn't find Chud 2 anywhere. And then it was on like YouTube and Chud 2 is completely different. It's like Son of Chud or something. There's like a... Son of Chud. Yeah, it's, 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 it's there's a music bride video. Of it's a bride <laughs> of the Chuds. We should re- reinvigorate the Chud franchise. So he did this short film uh, animation for his animation class in 1996. And then uh, that ends up being the basis. It has the character in it, the little Sam character. Uh, that's something else we haven't talked about yet. When you first watch this movie, the on the face of it, these little um, shorts are connected by this one character. Yeah, and then you start seeing other, you know, other reoccurring characters show up and other skits reenacting what you saw before or whatever. And then you realize by the end of it, there all these stories are intertwined. But the the one holding this together is this little. You think it's a trick or treat or some kid in an outfit. Little we know it's like a little person. 
but little do we know that in the movie it's Sam Hain. But he's played by a little kid. Is it played by a little kid? I thought it was a little. They, I thought they had little people because they couldn't get the you know since no. they're shooting at night. They had. The, it, I mean, there's some stunt people. They're like, fuck it, we'll just have all little people play. That it. usually. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of the trick or treaters when we see them at night, like crossing the street and stuff, are little people because of. Uh, like the child labor laws. Yeah. You can't shoot at night or we have time when you can't, can or can't shoot with them. So in that instance, you're right. But I'm, but oddly enough, they have a, a little, I think he was seven years old. His name's Quinn Lord, who was actually at great like, name monster Palooza or son of monster Palooza last year. Um, so he's not a little kid anymore. Uh, he plays Sam. That character is named after Sam Hain, or I guess the pronoun, the proper pronunciation is Samhain. Okay. It's like a the Gaelic. Yeah, it's a silent M, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so his name's Sam, uh, and he plays. They they wanted specifically he wanted a a, a child to play it because even though it, a little person might be the same size, you want the child kind of there was mannerisms. The, yeah, like a child walks a different way, um, and so uh, there is a stunt kid who's eight years old. Who plays him in some scenes for stunts? <laughs> and then there is a stunt woman who plays him for a lot of that fight scene with uh, yeah, when he's Brian Cox, off. who was he uh, does look like he's getting bigger and smaller in that scene. Who was four and a half feet? Who was who was four and a half feet tall? Weighed ninety pounds. She was a gymnast, and her name was Susie Stingle. Oh, and so, uh, but a lot of it was played by this kid, Quinn Lord, who also played the peeping Tom kid in the costume shop, who was peeking, peeking in on the girls getting dressed. Oh, that's him? Yeah. So he played- That was me when I was little. Dual parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, he, uh, Michael Doherty liked the kid so much, thought the kid was so good that he wanted him to have a chance to actually like be seen in the movie. As sure. Well. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. he gave him that part. Yeah, um, yeah. It does seem like everybody in this movie has like a flaw that you could say is the reason that something bad happens to him. Say, you know, like you, you, you have that. Like everybody, like the kids looking at the girls getting dressed, which probably isn't appropriate nowadays. Or, like you said, the sexy slutty outfit might not be appropriate. You think that they're, you know, they're being very promiscuous to people. And some of those, even those guys, are kind of like you know, they play it like. Dude's like, I, I guess, sure, you know, like, you know, I think a lot of guys would say the same thing. If I mean, single guys, you know, like some really attractive girl comes up to you and, and starts hitting on you as a guy would hit on a well, girl. I think even as a... Remember the two the TV guy, the TV crew was yeah. like, uh, we are? <laughs> you know, like, you know, <laughs> sure, you know, and then, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think even the first time I watched it um, before the reveal... Like you knew something was up. Yeah, you knew, but like, I because because I am girls almost, that look like that aren't as forward because they don't need to be. No, <laughs> only in certain kind of movies they are. But it's just odd because you it almost makes you feel like they're the almost the guys you the guys not I mean the people you then have sympathy for those you know or I guess there's people could say well I you know they're guys and they're probably going there to have sex and they think the women are slutty so they deserve what they get kind of an adage but then for me when they're just like uh you know they're just kind of aloof like <laughs> you, you're talking to me <laughs> you know it's like it turns into like a Ben Crosby Bob Hope movie well, yeah, 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 you know we've been invited to this party and uh you know they said they're gonna be fun and they look like they're gonna have a good time we're just supposed to dress up and then suddenly it turns into oh my god it's a fucking horror movie <laughs> You know, <laughs> it turns into freaking um, 
uh, from Dust Till Dawn, you're like, oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> you know, you're running around with your... I just came here to get a drink. <laughs> I know. I just didn't know. I was... Just, my car, I needed to get gas. And these guys started talking about pussy, pussy, pussy I mean, outside. I, I mean, I understand it's called the titty twist. I know. Pussy but it's the only penny. Penny. Look, there's no other place to Nothing's go. Nothing's around. There's no another <laughs> other establishment. Clearly, I don't want to... It's like Chevy Chase is showing up there in the car with his family. <laughs> <laughs> Another fan cut. Yeah, you know, that's another one, which is, um, <laughs> they have them at the beginning of that Mystery Incorporated. There's a scene where they're driving in that car. And I think that's Scooby-Doo. Uh, at the end of this movie, Brian Cox, you see him watching, flipping the TV. I'm pretty sure that when you see those female werewolves, that's a Scooby-Doo movie. Mm-hmm. I want to say that's Zombie Island. Uh, from 1998 or 99. Uh, but I th- I'm pretty sure it's a Scooby-Doo movie. And then the other movie they're showing is what? House on Haunted Hill. The William <laughs> Castle original Vincent Price movie with the, you know, see the hand and the woman screaming. Mm. Um, but yeah, so and then when you see their reveal, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Like she's Little Red Riding Hood and then she's not as slutty as them and or as sexy. And then they're like, oh, it's because you're still a virgin. And then, of course, by the time she's ready to go, her outfit's yeah. changed. What's uh, the first, first time to be special? Yeah. So it's the, you're thinking, you know, it's a sleight of hand. Yeah. The misdirection. You know. It's trying to make you think that it is sex. It's but then the reveal is yeah. her first kill. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's, that's kind of, I, again, I feel bad for those poor dudes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but then. It's something you've never seen before because it's it, it's almost a different take on the werewolf. It's like they're shedding their skin. You know, it's, you well, know it's, I mean? a it's kind of a, you know, it's adding. It's it's playing. I on guess the, you're right. The, yeah, it's playing on the sexuality of that scene by having like when they when you see someone cutting the other ones the like back open the skin. It's I think it's supposed to be like she's taking the zipper. Oh, you know when the girls are the like gloves. when the girls are like you know unzip me. Yeah, come back. yeah. And so it's it's supposed to be, which I think would have been more apparent if they used fever. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. or whatever that other like. Cut or there's another piece cover. of you know piece of music that you hear in like the old when you see it in a movie and it's like or a television show and they go to like a. Uh, the cabaret bar, the cabaret, yeah. like, boom, 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 boom. You know, there's a striptease. That piece of music yeah. that you associate with stripping. Um, had they used something like that, I think it would have been clearer. But yeah. I think the intention is oh. that they're strippers. Okay, yeah, but they're stripping off their skin and they're and revealing themselves werewolves. underneath it. Because you wonder that you know, like, because it's like, remember when they're when when when. Uh, Quinn Lord is looking at them and then the mother stops them and then they're like ah ha ha and they, I, I don't know I forget if they say like an off remark like who cares or he'll fuck them yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> you know let them get it let them see it now when he's young or whatever it's like you know it seems like the whole world to me like I always seem like an old man on this but it seems like the whole world is kind of like sinners or, you know what I mean so it's like would they eat the boy too they're like oh he's, appet- he's an appetizer you know it's like that kind of a thing like there's no bounds no women, no kids, you know, because then they're talking about like, oh, she turned out to be a girl, but she was a, she had a sweet ass on her, didn't she? So it's like, oh, like the audience immediately thinks, oh, they're, they're bisexual at, at most, or maybe they are lesbians or, you know, you know, like you said, there's something going on here when they're openly soliciting the checkout guy and then the, the film crew, but you don't realize what the connotation is when you get to the, yeah. to the, to the campfire and then we get a little, didn't they have a remix of, um, Cry Little Sister, or which I didn't hear, but I read about that they had a. Um, I didn't notice the, it, it. 
Yeah, I didn't either. But they in the notes they said that there is a. It's supposed to be a um, a reference to the like Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. The fucking Lost Boys <laughs> here. Trying to watch, trying to watch uh, the fucking Lost Boys. Uh, yeah, there's supposed to be a reference to that there because of um, there's the scene um, Cry Little Sister the bonfire bonfire scene from Lost Boys when they all do their kill with. You know, you don't get it. So, mm-hmm. so there's supposedly they say you can hear a remix of the song "Cry Little Sister." Cry little sister, thou shalt not. We just we did here too. So uh, that story is very interesting, and of course, you know they're playing on the sex. I think that's evident where they're using very buxom. You know what I mean? They certainly picked the the actresses in that to fulfill a certain kind of type. And then the outfits they're wearing are very suggestive, so that you know we're getting to to to, to the whole sex and luring guys in, and then you're you're who luring either even women in, whoever is into the naughtiness, and then there's the you're going to become the meal. You know who knows if they're doing this once a year? Are they do this all the time. Is this like a regular thing for them? Well, yeah, I feel like it's a tradition, you but know. it seems like it's. It seems like they travel from place to place. They don't always do it in the well, same place. They have to if they're freaking murdering and but massacring. But at the same time, there's a little bit of a Easter egg that apparently in the background, I didn't notice it, but apparently in the background of that scene, you can see a woman uh, dressed like a cat in a cat, cat costume with a guy dressed like a hot dog, which is implying that it's Mrs. Henderson. Yeah, I know when I when they were rolling out... At the end, when they're rolling out all the other bodies before she kills and you see everyone's dead, they roll out a guy in a hot dog outfit. Yeah. And he's the guy that's in the background. Like, and so, so that would imply that they've got them to that party, too. That Mrs. Henderson is also a werewolf is the, is the oh, implication. Oh, so she's not a victim. She's also yeah. part of that little group. Oh, that's interesting. So maybe maybe it's but, like but one of those. she seems to be local because. Maybe it's like that. It's like the it's the players clubs, you know, yeah. where it's like they well, like. Come to my town next year. Yeah. You know, on a, on a very morbid topic, there is a there's a documentary called Zoo on Netflix, which is actually really good despite its con- subject matter, uh, and it's about these people who used to engage in bestiality. And the only state that you were allowed to do it still left in, which I think was Washington State, and there's no animal, uh, nothing. You don't see anything gory or graphic or anything to any animals in the movie, but it's about these guys who were normal guys had normal lives. They would go on business trips and they go to this farm and. That's what they do. They all get drunk, and they're like, okay, I'm going out, and they do kind of thing. But it was about that they would go to this, and then, you know, one thing happened that revealed the whole thing where this guy got really bad internal injuries from a horse, and they're like, what are we going to do with him? So they had to, like, leave him at the, you know, at the ER on the sidewalk and left, and then that opened up this whole thing of what was going on. Mm. And I bring it up because this is people <laughs> exactly enough. Yikes. But like I said, it, there's no, in any kind of way, despite the subject matter of anything bad happening to an animal, but it opens up this whole the thing of there's this, that scientists are, this is way in the weeds, but they're looking at, like, that could be a new kind of in the new world of, you know, you can love... There's people who love inanimate objects, mechophiles who love cars, or people who get married to the Eiffel Tower or get married to the Great Wall of China. And so people are trying to say, like, you know, I love the animal, and the animal loves me. You know, you have to understand, this is how I'm showing my love. So maybe they are. Maybe there is. They're going to this town because this woman is there, you know, and she's hosting the party this year, you know. You got to do it in the woods. You can't do it in my house (laughs) because you'll blow my cover. (laughs) You know, I don't want to clean it up. Uh, yeah, I can't clean it up today. So it's very frightening, and I got the impression that it was a different way of showing the vamp of the the the, the werewolf of that they're like shedding 
and then that's true. It is akin to a striptease. Yeah. But it's kind of like. But the, it is cool. I feel like there is another that breaks out of the like a howling or something where they break out there of is, the. There is there are there are. It's not the first one to break through the skin, but it's definitely it's very reptilian because then they're like leaving their skin on the yeah. ground, you know, for later. That's interesting to do a horror movie like that where you're just finding the the skin, but they're not like skins like Hannibal Lecter skin in them. Yeah. They're just like more reptilian. It's like an X Files episode, and it's because they are. Uh, what is that? It is an X Files. <laughs> What's that? What is that? Lichen? Lichen? What's the lichen? But then you get the idea of the vampire, and then suddenly you think there's a vampire involved. There's going to be vampires versus werewolves, but it's not. You know, you have this guy who's kind of a not a Jack the Ripper, but he's kind of like a. A guy preying on the the people having sex or the the drunk people at the parade, and he ends up killing this poor woman that is looking to get help, and she runs out in the parade. Everyone just thinks, "Ah, oh, she's part of the she's she's just really drunk," and then that's a cameo of the two people from the first scene, right? Yeah. Anna Paquin, not Anna Paquin, the other girl, um, Leslie Bibb. Yeah, Rockwell's. <laughs> you know, so that it's it all interplays, and that could be the the reason why she's killed, maybe because, you know. Of, of her of her not helping or the insolence like you said of not going by the tradition of putting the light out the candle out first or she's she's really got to take she who cares how dark it is or yeah, how late I think it it's is. the implication that she's breaking the rules of Halloween because she didn't not help that girl because she thought that girl was hurt and she just because of the she, husband just li- they yeah. thought she was a drunk yeah girl at the at the parade yeah because everybody else is also bloody at the parade because it's Halloween. Yeah. A uh, little bit of a tidbit of trivia that the um, the company that created the lycanthropes, created the uh, werewolves in that scene, is the same, are the same people that created the lichens and the werewolves for the Underworld tr- movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it has the credits. They're very Creepshow-esque. When you see the comic books. Well, yeah. There's certainly know, a Creepshow-esque comic book uh, you know, vibe to it all. Because uh, unlike Creepshow, where you have those almost as the uh, the segues between the stories, this is it's just in the credits, the opening and then the closing credits. But it's cool that it's credits, it's, stor- it's illustrations of the stories you're looking at. It's an homage yeah. to Creepshow. For sure. It's got to be. Although there was... they did oh, cre- It's just decidedly not an homage to Creepshow. <laughs> we want to just do our own thing. Although if they did create a comic book. It was going to be a four-issue yeah. series. Uh, and it was originally going to come out in October of 2007 to coincide with the release of the movie. But then when the movie got pushed, they decided to uh, hold that... That sucks. ...comic. And I don't think it came out till oh nine, uh, right? Yeah, it came out as 09, but as as a graphic novel, so yeah. like as a trade instead of four separate issues. And then they then they had a sequel come out too called Trick or Treat: Days of the Dead, which came out in October nine uh, two thousand fifteen, kind of uh, in conjunction with a graphic novelization uh, for Krampus, which was Michael Doherty's film. Yeah, uh, and then you have the 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 scene with the uh at first you think they're just innocent kids trick-or-treating getting candy and grabbing pumpkins but then there's other nefarious means they have ulterior motives and they go to this girl's house who's you know uh evidently on the spectrum and then they want to lure her out and and totally freaking traumatize her yeah and then they're like what's you know don't you think you've done enough and like what have we done (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting uh you find out through research i mean unless you're really 
uh, in love with the movie Carrie that her house, Ron, I think Rhonda is the character's name. The girl dressed up as the witch? Yeah. But her her house in that is is modeled after Carrie's house, oh. Carrie White's house in the movie Carrie. So it's supposed to imply. And it's that. interesting because she's also supposed, you know, she's also the uh, the outsider. Yeah, you know, ostracized a little bit by her peers, and then she's also the one that kind of has revenge at the end of her story. Which yeah, is also a Carrie esque thing. Yeah, I think it, that's great. I love that story. Uh, the part of the the movie one it, it it's where we're introduced to the the school bus massacre scene. yes the halloween school bus massacre but there's like this thing where you you always hear you always see movies about like adults i feel like there's movies especially like in the 90s and the early 2000s where about like adults do something and then uh you know, that's not their intention, but then something, it turns bad. Mm. And then it, the rest of the movie's dealing with that, with the, like the, the, uh, consequences of, you know, accidentally killing a stripper at a bathroom <laughs> party or what, you know, whatever. It feels like a very adult thing. Sure. But, uh, in terms of in the way it's depicted in cinema, but I, I love it because it is so like when you're a kid, you just, you don't think about you don't think ahead mm. and you don't think about like the consequences and because part of learning as a kid is by making mistakes and then you learn from those <clears> mistakes. <throat> so like, yeah, I always say, you know, when you're, you sometimes I, I like there's stories from my old childhood or you talk to other people and their, their childhood and how like their parents got really pissed when you did something. Yeah. And it's like, well, I was, a kid, I did I, from that experience, I learned that I'm not supposed that I'm not supposed to like play basketball in the kitchen with eggs in the trash can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as as a when I was when I was like six or five, that seemed like a really good idea. <laughs> You're not supposed to lure the autistic girl to the abandoned quarry and bring her down the elevator and get the fuck out of her. You know, but. <laughs> You, you learn that you don't think that like something could go so horribly wrong when you're going to, you're not supposed to f- shoot uh starting lineup figures off a window. So with a <laughs> yeah, with a window in the background, <laughs> with uh, a window in the backdrop. Sure. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's by breaking that window that you learn like, Oh yeah, that wasn't such a good idea. You're not supposed to play so, with matches on in the, in the, the what is that in the living room with the carpet because the carpet could catch fire yeah That's or fly say or hide in the ice box or hide in a fridge because you could if the fridge door it you could die as we learned with uh punky brewster and margo <laughs> so i the the idea of like let's prank this girl yeah uh is horrible but innocent in a way because yeah. you're not thinking of the like what are the consequences of that sure um Sadly, I find like a lot of that is kind of prevalent nowadays. You have that mean well, streak a, of well, you get people. internet bullying. Yeah, but, you know, bullying always exists. Sure, yeah, it's of just course. It's taken to a whole different yeah. level. Now. There's no kind of respite from the bullying when you when you have the internet to be able they can leave you at school and then they can just bully you at home. And there's also something so wonderfully cliche about it, of like, you well, know, it's like the beginning of. Um, what is that? Is that Midnight Train? What's the train? Uh, with what's the Jamie Lee Curtis movie? Oh, Terror Train. Terror Train with Ben Johnson, where they they get the kid at the beginning. Isn't the kid from Christine? Is it him? I don't think so. Okay, I always have it. It's the 
who became the director from from yeah. uh, Back Keith to School. Gordon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's at the beginning of that. Remember, they bring up they bring like a dead body upstairs, and they're like, "You're gonna we're gonna have your first time to be with the girl. She's ready for you." And then it's like a fucking cadaver up there. They're like, ah, <laughs> we got you there. You know, it's back when you used to be able to borrow a body from the local morgue. We'll bring yeah. it back in a couple hours. We swear. You know. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like there's something. It plays that story plays into the nostalgia for me of Halloween and just like that those kinds of things. You get the you get the urban legend oh, there's, there's t- storytelling. Yeah. Like that's the most nostalgic. There's so many tropes in that story. You know, for me. Them is why it's probably my favorite of of all the stories. Uh them dressed up as trick or treaters. I mean, he's like a pirate. You know, there's very classical stuff that they're dressed up as and then uh, you know, they're going on, they're telling the story of the legendary story in your town, which is the Halloween uh, school bus massacre, you know, and then uh, you don't know if that's true or not. And then you have that they're going to go be doing something, they're doing offerings. So you think that they're doing something scary, like they're going to a scary house and doing something they shouldn't. But then the, when they flip it and you turn out that it's they're pranking somebody, you know, that's something as well. You know, the, there are a lot of um, conventions in that that are from the. The, the people's youth. But whereas, like, in a lot of the more adult situation movies, where, like, she would have died. Yeah. But when she fell backwards and she hit her head, she would have she yeah. died, and then they would have been like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? Yeah. Like, I know what you did last summer. Or even Ghost Story, right? Maybe it's that Ghost Story where the girl dies in the car, and then she's the ghost coming back of all them. You know, this is a little lighter. Sure. And that she survives, and then they have their comeuppance, which is, you know, very... Yeah. Uh... Creep show, Tales from the Crypt. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and she certainly decidedly makes a decision to say, like, fuck you guys, you know? <laughs> I mean, in full disclosure, my sister has autism, so, like, it, from a very young age, it's been always cognizant of bullying and being made fun of because of her. So, like, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, this is terrible. You know, you, know, you think about, like, this poor girl, and then when she has a... A freaking like uh, like transient break when she you know they're like what's wrong with her well, you know, <laughs> what do you think is wrong with her <laughs> you know what I mean she's she's lost her but she may never talk again and then to have the twist of that the that the ghouls or the the zombies we have zombies in this movie they come out yeah. I mean first that the bus is there I mean that's fucking freaky as all hell the bus is just hanging out of the bog like the Titanic and they're like it's really here though you know like because didn't they. They didn't even think themselves. There's a revelation that maybe they didn't think the story was real. Yeah. But like, well, then why is the bus here? <laughs> well, maybe it did happen. You know, the yeah. old every every town has their old their old abandoned rock quarry that they can go do things at. Usually, you, you maybe you you have your dirt bike or you break your old TVs and appliances there or whatever. Or you become uh, para- paralyzed by like jumping into it because you think it's <laughs> you think it's full deeper of water <laughs> than it should be. <laughs> yeah, or you hide your bodies there. You know. Um, you know, and this is like you, you could replace this with people torturing animals, say something horrible. You know, like like the, the kids do. You know, at these terrible the things kids these days. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you'd be surprised what you see on the internet every day. So this, it's the instance of her getting her come up. It's when they actually come out. You know, because that kid is almost redeemable. The the, the pretty boy. Yeah. You, you almost think he's gonna like. You know, he's like, she hurt her head, you know. It's like, what the fuck? And she's, is she bleeding? You know, you're waiting for like, and they're like, what up? <laughs> so? You know, it's like, <laughs> and then when she gets her come up, you yeah. think that she'd maybe save him, but she's like, fuck you all. And then yeah. they all get killed, and then that's great. It's almost like she is the, I remembered it since we hadn't seen it in a while, that maybe she was going to be luring the, the spirits. They were going to go with her. 
yeah. to his house. You know, like she's the she's the connection. They might have followed her. Yeah, you know, like she's the connection to the real world or something like. Because she may be even the one who brings all the lan- the lanterns to his house. Remember, doesn't he open the door at the end and there's like there's his the, 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 there's jack o' lanterns everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you know? I think you're supposed to assume it's, it's Sam, Sam. Yeah, but, you know, because you know. we never see it. And Sam's also making all these connections to it. Like, he's watching all this. He's, he's checking, you know, he's out. And I guess the implication is that he's supposed to be Sam Hain. He's the, the spirit of, he's not like the ghost of some kid that died or, Yeah, I mean, there is know. no real backstory. Um, apparently, the, Doherty's been talking about doing a sequel for quite some time. Um, and one of the things that he's talking about, talk, you know, exploring in the sequel would be to... Uh, talk about background of of the Sam character, but yeah, I think he's just kind of, you know, I think when you were kind of implying like the spirit of Halloween, because yeah. <laughs> when he gets the takes the burlap sack off, he his face almost looks like a it's scary, it's the like a pumpkin. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say he's and cute. He's, <laughs> he's made out of pumpkin when he gets yeah, shot. He's yeah, got pop, pumpkin guts, and then he's in, he's able to put it all back together and all that kind of thing. That's all very freaky. Uh, yeah, it reminds me when I was little because it's it just sort of takes you back to when you used to get those knives that don't they're not supposed to cut anything, but you can cut right through a pumpkin no problem, you yeah. know. Like and then making your side. I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time I cut a pumpkin up and did a pumpkin. We should have done that today. I mean, I've been a bit of mess. You know, I think my mom would have been pissed. <laughs> She's doing laundry. We're doing we're getting pumpkin guts everywhere and, and into the uh, into the carpet and into the floor and all that, you know. And that's an art too. Where it's like you know you have people who do like you know you do like Paul Lynn's face portraits. <laughs> yeah, how the hell are you? You know, it's like it's you know it always makes me think of those you know these people who are really good at something and then you're like wow they really had it took all that time to practice practice makes perfect so like if you're able to like I don't know a lot of shitty pumpkins yeah you know it's like if you're able to balance on like a like a top of a building can you think of all the times these people fell or whatever it takes to get to I was thinking about that like the whoever's good at you know something skateboarding or yeah you know all the falls you gotta do to get really good or now like you know it's like that's what I always think about all these cooking you know these people who are just love to cook at home, but then you're cooking and it's like, oh well, that didn't go to. Pl-. And then you just throw the f- food out. <laughs> where there's people starving. You know? But anyway, um, so and then they've. I mean, this is like you said, it has garnered a cult status because I mean they've made sideshow figures, collectibles. I've done a 15 inch figure. I of think them. even the Universal uh, Halloween Nights of Horror or whatever the big exi- the big haunted house maze thing that they do every year. I think they've introduced trick or treat into that. Yeah, uh, at Universal Studios. You can't even go to a simple uh, haunted house anymore without being scared out of your fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> you got these people coming at you with freaking chainsaws and design. you know. It's like I just want to walk through a. I want to be a passive observer in a haunted house, you know, like a wax museum. I don't want to have a fucking heart attack because I some know. guys I'm going to knock somebody out, you know, <laughs> stab somebody <laughs> in an eyeball. Because There's another, they, you, you know, know, that's a that's a movie waiting to happen yeah first you end up killing one of the 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 the, 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 the actors <laughs> the in one spoo- of these the spook players or i don't forget what they're called yeah uh in, in one of these <laughs> and things you're like, oh shit yeah i didn't do you like put their costume on <laughs> <laughs> well there's an old story too where i remember from when i was very young was it a tv movie or something where it was like they um and i think it actually ends up happening in creep show too but like they had a there was a body that was like in like a ride 
Uh, it, know, was a, it was a real corpse. Yeah, it was a real corpse, and they didn't realize. I don't. I forget if, if it's it, it was at a haunted house or it showed I up like it was at like a, a like yeah, a ho- like, like a, one of those, but like at a carnival, a traveling carnival. Yeah, you, I remember you, that story. You get like on a you know one of those cars, and it goes like a little shitty train that goes through like a haunted house, and you come out, and like one of the bodies was like a real body, you know. And I think that the body in Creepshow, the the one floating around, is a real. Stevini has a story in one of those magic books yeah. or how-to books that that ended up I was like how the hell did you get yourself a real body Tom Savini <laughs> yeah um, but then and then also the 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 kid who's dre- Billy uh, he's dressed up as uh, in the Chucky kind of lore and which kid is Billy in it yeah I don't know Billy is dressed up similar to, to uh, he's got he's oh got maybe the it's the kid maybe it's it's the the, the kid that gets killed the Charlie, the, I thought that kid's name was Charlie. No, oh. no, the uh, the son. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Maybe he's dressed up like. Chuck oh, oh, you're right. The one that, that I certainly didn't put two and two together when we were watching it. No, because then later I did notice that he's dressed up as his dad when his dad goes yeah. out and his dad is out. I guess in the vampire outfit. Sounds like I'm going out. Yeah, on a date. And it, and then there's an implication that he almost killed his wife too, right? Because you know how they set up like you think he's going to be killing his son. You know, he's like, yeah. he's asking all these questions. Where's his mom? Why did his mom, where does mom go? You know, it's like, and then there was another body, you'd assume. Didn't look like there was another body in that. Yeah, Billy's the son. Yeah. So it looked like there was another body in that. There was another that. body. Wasn't it like a clown costume, though? Yeah, because it, it's kids. So it's another. And, you know, he's given out. And then that was another thing, right? Because the doorbell rang when he got the kid up into the house and it's other trick-or-treaters and he's giving the kids candy. So does that mean every one of his candies is going to be killing kids left and right or is there only special? I, no, I think that's the implication because the candy bar that Sam takes oh. has the razor blade in it in the Brian Cox scene. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Because he uses it like a like a box cutter. Yeah, because remember... That's he, the candy bar that he takes from... Uh, the principal's house and what what can doesn't remember there's a scene where brian cox is uh it opens a candy bar bites it and yeah. it puts it down but then that ends up being the candy bar that the kid takes that sam takes yeah at the end and we've talked about that in other halloween pasts about this uh, another one of those well, urban two, legends we talked about it because of the kid but the in the buyer costume yeah with had the uh the blade in the mouth but that yeah. was it's not really We've joked about it before, but it's not a really a smart idea. You're going to be <laughs> the only guy on the block serving razor blades and apples. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, where'd you get the apple from? I got it from old man Cox's house <laughs> up the block. You know, it's like you're going to get caught. It's not like you're really hiding. You're not going to gas stations or whatever. You're just. I, mean, I guess <laughs> if you slip them into like the really popular candies, I'll get, get lost in the mix. But sure. apples. Apples and all, you know, all kinds of stuff. Because just. The box with one box of raisins you get. Yeah, it's because puts poison. I, I feel like nowadays you don't get that. But remember when we were little, I'd get change. Oh yeah, you, you know, like a, like a, elderly people give you like some pennies, and yeah. you're like, "What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I can't even." Yeah, get yeah, break their windows for this. Yeah, yeah, fucking. When you would get the McDonald's, you get the McDonald's. Yeah, the, the, the certificates. Yeah, you get like those a fucking free things. Ice cream cone or. Fries. Oh my gosh, that was it's such Free a Sunday. And I remember that there was a time where it was okay. There was a, a window of opportunity or years where, if you got something homemade from around the street, it was all right. Oh, you know, she made you know homemade. Yeah. Fucking. Which I think it was a time when I think Krispies. people knew their yeah. neighbors more. Because then I remember then like it needed came down like don't that was like the the PSA like don't take anything that hasn't been pre wrapped from the store because. Because I feel like, but those 
the lorry the lord stories of people getting razor blades and apples and all that goes back to like the 70s or like the old days yeah but then i feel like it didn't catch on where i don't remember until being like almost like nine or ten hearing like you know don't take any candy unless it was you know made yeah you know or it was factory sealed you know because old mrs buttermilk is gonna be fucking <laughs> putting razor blades in there you know it's like the three aunts from um arsenic and old lace which <laughs> yeah. is another halloween movie where they're like aren't they killing everybody in their fucking in yeah. their uh their halfway not their halfway it's a boarding house mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. it's just funny to think about that there's another guy who i don't i didn't really know but i guess he uh e ernst hearth c ernst hearth and he has a baby. He's the guy who's in the baby costume that's yes. sleeping. And evidently, he cameos in that remake of Thirteen Ghosts from two thousand one. He plays the ghost. Uh, the, he plays a ghost baby, the great child, the, the giant gi- baby, giant child. Yeah. Uh, I should see that again because I remember not liking it when it came out because it was such a departure from the original William Castle movie. But then it's it's it's, it's gained a following. Though. Yeah, there's a lot of people like. For me, I kind of liked the. House on Haunted Hill better, but no one ever talks about that one anymore. Yeah. But then a lot of people are like, oh, I like Thirteen Ghosts because it's crazy looking. You know, the house was all it was a it was a completely new take on the story. But I remember that DVD being chock full of extras. I remember when I rented it, watching the special features. And they had vignettes for every single ghost. Like they did either they did little vignettes with the ghosts, or they had extensive backstories on who yeah. the guy in the fucking junkyard was, and who the baby was, and who the you know. It was like wow, they really they really put the all into this. You know, I was really impressed at the time. So, but evidently he's in he's in both those guys. Um, in the Brian Cox story, um, we see. I guess it's when he he slips and falls down the stairs. <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> and there's uh, you see a a gumball yeah. down the stairs and that's an homage to the cha- the changeling is it we were just talking about that on the uh, <laughs> with Blade Runner uh, Neo Blade Runner from Canada our friend our um, oh uh, yeah you know on on Facebook yeah uh, a, a Canadian listener he he he, lo- he put up a, a little gif of the ball coming down the stairs uh, which is done in so many that goes back to that uh, Christian Slater movie it was the after school special that, that our friend um Chris um, Frodel that I grew up with who listens to the podcast he he found he knew the special he sent us the ad yeah. but that was the there was a haunted house and he was getting the ball down the stairs but that's like mid 80s so that must have been ripping off a changeling which is like 1980 yeah you know but in a bizarre twist Georgie Scott was, was going to play of uh, George, imagine Georgie Scott and Brian Cox's character <laughs> that would have been awesome that would have been fucking intense oh. but allegedly yeah the uh one of the cameramen working on that sequence. <laughs> yeah, his first job. Oh come on! In the business, shut the front door. Was working on that scene in the changes. <laughs> oh wow! That's so allegedly. Cool. Uh, that's that's one that you and I love when we do our George C. Scott marathon. We'll get to the changeling. When we do George C. Scott February. <laughs> <laughs> we do know it's going to be Kung Fu February. George C. Scott. The George, Scott George C. Scott. Uh, imagine George C. Scott in a Kung Fu movie. Foo. Uh, I mean, fucking going back to a, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, Van Cleef did some kung fu movies. He did, yeah, yeah. Uh, he used some ninjas not, and stuff. Why not George C. Scott. Scott with those big medallions he used to wear? <laughs> Uh, Lee Van Cleef, not George C. Scott. Uh, 
That's a great movie. I remember when you and I watched that for the first time. That was the I don't know. I feel like the ring was already out by that point because I remember being like, "This is fucking the ring," you know. Remember, it was like all these yeah, plot points. Yeah. At least the Japanese movies are out. But I remember us watching it, saying like, "This is all you know." The ring took a lot from this movie, and yeah. And there was another movie too that I forget now, but I was like, "They're stealing from the from Changeling too." God damn! Yeah, I, I showed the Changeling one year. Oh, for, for in your my, in my horror class, and we talked about how it's similar to the ring. Did the kids like it? The folks, I think they did. Yeah, yeah. I was worried that they would find it boring, but uh, I just slapped. I th- them think off. they were into it. So I pointed <laughs> out that, that they felt they felt like it felt almost like a soap opera or something. I was like, yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah, yeah, because it's very dramatic. I mean, it's very like melodramatic. Sure, with the music and all that. But that was but the I, era. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to it. Yeah, that's such a great, great. That's one that's kind of been on the list, floating around since we started the show. Sure, kinda. all the George C. Scott movies. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna change this into a George C. Scott podcast. <laughs> I, mean, I would love that. <laughs> George C. Scott appreciation podcast. Yeah, we'd have to have Tashana on because she she also loves George C. Scott. There's a lot of niche podcasts out there nowadays. You know, and it's it's just funny. Um, I, I didn't talk about last week which i should have but uh we did superman 2 and there was a minute where um jay marcus who was one of the old podcasters from podwitz uh he was going to do a superman podcast on mac the max fleischer cartoons so the idea was going to be that we were going to do a an episode on each cartoon. I was like, oh, that's great. So I watched all those fucking cartoons. <laughs> you never did show. <laughs> we, well, that, that, well, what ended up happening was we recorded the first episode and then his computer crashed. Yeah. So he lost it. So we re-recorded the first episode and we recorded the second episode and then we never... They, they, they're still in a vault somewhere. They never got saw the light of day. Maybe they'll oh, it'll come out as yeah. a special edition. So I was like, Jesus. I was maybe like, all that research. Maybe they come out You know, but yeah. um, Maybe. But uh, it's just, my point is, there's a lot, and I was part of a Nick Fury, where they were, we were going back with the other kid, Brian Zeno, he was doing uh, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos uh, of, the, of the comic books, and that was kind of the basis for this show, kind of where we were talking, and I was like, you know, there's people doing all these niche podcasts on comic books and all this kind of issue, why don't we do movies, you know? And we were like, that'd be a good idea, you know? But, you know, th- there's now someone doing a Murder, She Wrote podcast. Yeah. There's someone doing... Uh, um, uh, 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 Twenty-one Jump Street. <laughs> you know? I feel like the but the the it's a listener that that does a uh, the the murder she wrote. Yeah, I think so. I, that's awesome. I would love to. If you're listening, I would love to come on. Con- and, at least contacted us. I think. Uh, yeah, because I've seen that. I would love to come on and talk about uh, is it Cedar Grove where she lives? Um, because I think uh, I think the the the, the, the spoiler alert. I think the real true story to that mm-hmm. is that she killed them all. Jessica Fletcher is the most prolific <laughs> serial killer. A girl who can't even drive. It just goes around on her bike up in Cabot's Cove. She's up in Cabot's Cove. And everybody dies around her. And Tom Bosley, the sheriff, is like, something's wrong here, Jessica. I'm telling you, again, something's going crazy, Jessica. It's because she's killing everybody. But anyway, I digress. Murder. Murder. She, she wrote. <laughs> yeah, murder. She wrote. <laughs> um, what else in here? Uh, but we don't, there's not a real definitive story why this was held up for two years. Can you imagine being, uh, Mr. Doherty, you know, where it's, uh, this man here is, you Mr. know, Doherty. Mr. Mr. Michael. Oh, for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake, Michael Doherty, he makes his old film and he, you know, he, it's, it's stuck on a shelf for 24 months. You know, how terrible is that you have all the you know you like you said it was it was screened at uh, you know at festivals or or 
proper events. It got good re- reviews. People were, and it was hotly anticipated. You had a deal with a comic book company to come up with a uh, with a, a movie novelization or a comic book novelization, and then it just gets sits on a shelf, and then it just it just gets a quiet. Especially, it's supposed to get a theatrical release. Yeah, and it doesn't even get that. It gets a the- it gets a quiet DVD release, and there was enough humdrum when it came out, but still, that's not the same. That's not the fucking same, man. It's not. It's not the same, man. So it's You're just. Right. It's it's kind of like you. You know, it's, it's bullshit. Is what it is. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of bullshit. And I'm glad that he's. It's. I'm glad that we're not talking about this 30 years from now, and that that was his only movie. You know. <laughs> yeah. He directed Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. And now he's like a. You know, he's an elevator operator. He's a freight elevator operator in the back of some building. You know, in Chicago. You know, he's on an Otis elevator. You know, it's nice that he is now doing, you said he's doing the Godzilla movie. Yeah, the Godzilla. You know, that's some crazy. I mean, can you imagine trying to direct Godzilla, you know, with a, with a megaphone? Yeah. Go back to one. So, I mean, and I imagine that that was successful. So, yeah. He had said that, uh, you know, in 2008. Uh, 17. I mean, they had been talking about it since 2009, doing a sequel to, to Trick or Treat. But apparently in 2017, he said that he would like to go back. But, you know, at the time he was had his hands full with Godzilla's. He was, so he was saying, like, once Godzilla's out of the way, yeah, um, that he would like to revisit. And he, I would assume he'd have the clout to do that now. And as well, uh, you know, you would think that they'd have the, the cult fanboy acclaim to be able to at least you could do it you could do an anthology series you could do like yeah, a sci-fi like a netflix or something yeah you could you do like to. a black mirror kind of shit you know uh like a like a one step beyond my man john newland we'll get to john newland but um yeah so it's i'm i'm glad that this very easily could have turned into one of those things where it's one of those forgotten you know tv movies you know that well you know it's it's, it's kind of shocking that there aren't like a bad Ronald, you know that many Halloween movies. You mean like holiday? Yeah, centric because there's a shitload of horror movies. <laughs> yeah, but like you know about Halloween or Halloween centric. Yeah, you know there are and there are horror movies like Dark Knight of the Scarecrow where there's a scene on Halloween, but that's not about Halloween. Garfield Christmas special. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Garfield Halloween special, the Christmas special also. Yeah, the Thanksgiving special. Um. So I mean, it's still. Sh- I mean, there seems to be more, and you know, obviously, but yeah, it's just like it's a holiday that I think is so. It's like uh, you know, some of these ho- all these holidays are so wrapped up in childhood nostalgia because sure. that's when you really celebrate. I mean, that's when you the traditions are started. And it's when you're most excited about the holidays, whatever holiday it is you're excited about at the time of year, whether it's, you know, Easter or Christmas or Hanukkah or, um, President's day. So, I mean, yeah, you know, but Halloween, especially, you know, Halloween is, is so exciting when you're a kid. I mean, I, I have a memory of being at my friend Martin's house and this goes back to the memory of the reveal that, that, that body is real in that music. Uh, 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 but I, I remember a TV movie watching in his basement one time, and it was about kids trick-or-treating and then going, you know, into a house and something happening to them. But it's like there's so many of those, these kind of stories where yeah. it's like that, you know, kids trick-or-treating and something bad goes wrong. Or like I feel like there's, you know, maybe there's a sub-sub-sub-genre of it. Sure. But, um, like, but also it's like you get, uh, you know, it's, you know, like night, Night of the Demons, 
or the eighties movie Trick or Treat. Like I, I feel like they is that a demons the Eddie Furlong movie? There's a, I think that's a remake. Okay, which cool. also is probably because that might be the movie I was trying to think of at the beginning where it was Halloweenish, and I was saying like Dance of the Dead or Rave of the Dead. Like yeah, always saying that title for that. Eddie there's Furlong. a re- there's a remake, but aren't they all dressed up? Yeah, it's how I mean I think it is Halloween. Yeah, so maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, but there, it's also an '80s movie uh, by the same guy that did like Witchboard and uh, Sweet. <laughs> T-E-N-N-E-Y is the guy, Dennis, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, there are, when you, it's such a niche little subgenre of Halloween movies that it seems like, so even smaller niche is the ones that play to, like, the nostalgia of childhood and the tradition of Halloween. And so I think this one has managed to st- stand the test of time even though it's only been 10 years but 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 gain such a, a loyal cult following so quickly because i feel like there was there's a there was a hole in the market yeah for this kind of halloween movie it's like a christmas movie being about christmas day or not christmas time well there's well, there are so many how like christmas movies. yeah um in terms of like but there's not like so many halloween movies that are about not horror movies, but Halloween yeah. movies about the season and then about the witches and then the day. Well, so much of fan like geekdom is about nostalgia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like certainly it, in this day and age. Yeah. I mean it, it always was, but now because of the internet and everything, it's been taken to like a whole new level. Sure. And so like, you know, horror fans a lot of the love for horror and the passion horror fans is based around nostalgia for the horror movies that you grew up with. For yeah. us, you know, it is things like Jason and Freddy and, and you know, older, but we we grew up at a time where, like, the horror movie franchise was so big. And so there's a certain amount of nostalgia we have for that time period. And so because of, like, horror fandom in general being so rooted in nostalgia, it only makes sense that a horror movie that isn't a kid's movie, but a horror movie that plays on the nostalgia of our childhoods would really connect with an audience. Yeah. And the beauty of it is that I feel like Halloween tradition, for the most part, hasn't really changed all that much. No. Since like the 60s. You know, aside from like you were, like we were saying earlier with like the sexy. Yeah. Like party, you know, the sexy costumes and stuff. Maybe that is more contemporary. I, 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 but the idea of like trick or treating and the, a lot of that stuff is kind of universal. Yeah. I feel um, with a lot of, you know, to take Christmas out of the mix, but like Thanksgiving and all these other holidays we have are kind of being lost as years go on. And I feel like Halloween to an certain extent is lost in the sense when like we were little, like trick or treating was a thing to do. Where I feel like nowadays, like certain towns are starting to discourage trick-or-treating or certainly where I live now in the Westchester, New York area, you know, I see very little people like either the trick-or-treating starts really early. So the parents are like taking the kids out while it's still light out. Yeah. And then it stops around seven. Like it's funny, this movie, 
you know, there's people trick or treating all over the whole course of the night. Even I was looking for when that when the boyfriend passed out with the porno flick in, and he got up and he went outside to like, "Where's Lori?" or whatever her name is. Yeah. Like I was thinking, like how long of time I was looking to see if a kid would run by, be like, "Jesus, there's kids still trick or treating out." Like you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's almost they're doing it all night long. Like it's like you know, so I feel like that's starting to get lost. The inter and that probably goes to the bigger. Um, idea of the social interaction kids going out and doing things on their bikes or playing together where the parents are like like even I live in an apartment building and we don't get anybody but there's kids in the building so we'll leave you know we'll wait or my mom she stopped giving candy out because she'd be sitting there all night with my sister and two people come to the door you know over six hours so she's like why am I going to wait here for the door to suddenly ring you know we don't get that influx of people anymore Yeah. where when I was little when I used to trick or treat myself I mean you know, it was an endless parade. You know, it was like a you know a yeah. zoo of people. And it was you know? crowded. Yeah, exactly. And then funny, like you'd be waiting in line. Yeah, you at know, a, at a house. Yeah, you know, and then, and then you know, my wife tells me a funny story when she first got a job where we were in Westchester. Like she, they didn't tell her the day of that that it's the kids' day. So like all the kids come around during the day. So she had nothing ready. So all these kids start coming in. And that's like the businesses are supposed to give candy out to the yeah. kids. And she didn't know. And the kid's like, well, fuck you. And she's like, I'm sorry. Like, they're real mean, you know. And yeah. It's like, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. How did I know that all the kids get dressed and this is the thing? You know, all their mothers are like, oh, well, we know we're not to shop. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, there's I'm no new. Fu- yeah, no fire came out. You know, there, there wasn't like an edict. Yeah, it is a, it's a weird thing in the city. My building um, is a very strict, you know, setup. And so... Uh, you get a like a day like the day before Halloween. You get like a uh, they print out a picture of a jack o' lantern, like okay. a cartoon picture of a jack o' lantern that they probably just pulled off the internet, and you find it like under your door. And so, which and is I think which Halloween. I think is good for this building because my old building wasn't like this. The old building was like. I'd sit had sit in the dark with the TV like on mute, <laughs> where kids are running in the hallway. It's like I don't want them to know I'm here. Here, they give you this this picture of a jack o' lantern, and if you want to participate and give candy, you put it on your door. Oh, that's cool. So the parents know. It's like the uh, you know when you go to those buffets, you don't have moss, street, no moss you don't for have, the meat. <laughs> yeah, because you don't have a light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the Brazilian barbecue yeah. places. But uh, the skewers. But otherwise, yeah. here in the city, it is like the kids go to, like you know, if you go, like I remember being out at a, like a Thai restaurant on Halloween, yeah. and having kids go, and they just go to all the stores and all the yeah. restaurants and because it's fucking urban. <laughs> where, we, where you and I lived in Yonkers, and then where I live in Westchester now, it's it's suburbia to a certain extent. It's in the middle, but there was certain houses. But I, you know, remember we were in Yonkers. I wouldn't see people going door to door, even those houses. It's like I kind of felt like it's kind of like it's almost. I wonder. I, I hope it's not being lost. I hope it's yeah. not something that you do hear the people news are stories. Out of. You're right of like the town isn't having trick yeah. or treat. They're having a party at the at the football field. Yeah, you know, they don't want to... at like 5.30. Yeah, they're worried about kids can't be out past dark because you got crazy. I mean, that's the other thing too is like I work in television news by day so I'm very present of stories but I, so I feel like there's always been child killers, child molesters, but maybe it's just more. I one half of me says it's more prevalent now because we have the internet and it's accessible. Yeah. But then the other half of me is like, well, it's, it should have always been there. So this is a fear that should have always been happening. So I don't, you know, it's 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 weird. But I just hope it's not. I I will to get back to your point. I do like the idea of having these traditions being seen because we can identify with it. I would love for us to you and I come up with a. Halloween trick-or-treating movie that's fun happens on Halloween night because that's so 
it's like it's almost for me like Christmas. Like, oh yeah, you're really into it yeah. because you're thinking about the tradition or your past memories of the events and all that. But I hope it's not something we're losing. We're in a generation or two. You know, it'll be like the old days of some Victorian thing. You know what I mean? Like, we're in your life. How many people have you seen caroling? You know what I mean? <laughs> Or back in the day, yeah. you know, that was a thing. We're all going to go caroling. And I've actually, you know, seen people caroling, I think, once in my life, you know. So I hope it doesn't go the by the way of, you know, carolers where you don't, you know, I can't see people anymore walking up to just houses they don't know, knocking on the doors or start singing. You know? There so. is a, uh, just a quick tidbit before we wrap up. There is our pal Jeff Lieberman who directed Squirm and, mm-hmm. and Blue Sunshine and uh, Just Before Dawn. He, in 2004 made a, ho- a, a Halloween horror movie, um, which honestly, I feel like plays a little bit with the same stuff mm-hmm. as this movie in terms of, um, but it's called uh, Satan's Little Helper. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he was trying to keep the tradition alive then. Yeah. It's got What's-Her-Face. Not Christopher conf- Plummer's daughter. Oh, yeah, okay. So not to be confused with the adult movie Satan's Little Helper. <laughs> Uh, from the old uh, VCX or whatever those those deals, but anyway, um, yeah. So this is a fun one. This is and this you know also satisfies. We didn't know it's a ten year anniversary, but as well it satisfies we're doing. A, it's a recent one. Yeah, at least two thousand seven. We had a comment recently. People like they're only doing stuff from the old days. Come on, guys. There's a lot of new movies. This is a new movie. Yeah, and especially a new Halloween movie. So that's fun. So um, and we got a great little Halloween in store in the next three weeks. Yes. We got our horror movie Halloween extravaganza happening. 2019 representing. So that'll be really fun. Um, We're now officially into our fifth year of the show. Sixth sixth year of the show. My head's still in the summertime. (laughs) And uh, little do we know the the summer extravaganza is over. The summer of sequels is all over. Yeah, because then now it's like fucking we got Halloween. Yep. Then we got a November, and then we're then we got our Christmas Christmas. spectacular. Yeah, and then we're then we're then the new season starts. You know, (laughs) (laughs) the the twenty twenty season starts. You know, we're already you know we got programmers helping us program the twenty twenty cycle. You know, Kung Fu February this year. It's gonna be crazy. Right around the corner. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, days are flying. So, uh, you know, check us out. As we always say, you could see it. You could check us out on clnsmedia.com. Uh, CLNS Media. You, we, we do a lot of good things there with those uh, nice... Crazy, crazy cats. Yeah, over there. Uh, you you could check us out on iTunes. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, PodBay. We're on a lot of places. Wherever you guys get your podcasts, you can almost always find us uh, for the most part. Wherever you're listening to us right now. You're, you can find us again there later. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can like us, retweet us, message us, interact with us. Uh, please uh, like our stuff, our comments, our pages. Um, follow us. On follow those. us on those <laughs> entities, on those aggregates. As I've said, you know, we have yet to crack the social media code. We know there. Look, there are many listeners out there. Which we, we think are, there which are. we are thankful. Yeah, for, for your patronism, but. Yeah. Uh, we would love for you to come on over to social media and follow if you, us. If as you well. have the so, if you have the social media account, you're halfway there. Just come like us because it seems from what what is peculiar to us, and maybe we sound like a broken record, but it's like there's people who have you know ten thousand followers, and we, you know, and and then 
We just cracked a thousand. Yeah, we just cracked Twitter. a thousand. You know, <laughs> but then when we look at our numbers, people listen, and we're like, well, then that's you know, it's interesting. We don't want to. Well, it's just it's tough when we're trying to go get tell people that we're we're, we're somebody. Yeah, or trying to you know get more sponsorship or you know trying to keep the yeah Saturday Night Movies. Keeping, we're like we're keep, authors and like so keeping like, it ah. free for you the listener. Yeah, but being able to. You know, buy cover, all these novelizations, cover the expenses of, of doing the show. The gas it's hard money. for us to sell ourselves as, as a viable show, even though we do have a great audience. Uh, when they see that our social media is not, yeah, they base it off that. As, and, uh, I don't understand as why. As big as other you shows know. that might, r- honest, might not be as big as our show, yeah. but they have a, a, b- a bigger social media. Platform. We're, we're legends. We're legends in our own mind. So <laughs> You know, so uh, check us out on all those if you can, you know, and then we have our proper site, Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. You can go check out our back catalog there and our posts. We uh, almost always include extras in each uh, posting, you know, like we would like to call further reading. Uh, Speaking of further reading, uh, Blake has some stuff you can read. Score to death conversations with some of horror's greatest composers. Kind of topical. Is... uh Available on Amazon from other book retailers or from me directly at scoredtodeath.com. I've also been recently writing some liner notes. I wrote liner notes for last year's releases of Halloween's four and five soundtracks from Death Waltz and Mondo. On vinyl or on On, record? On vinyl. Sweet. So you can read what I have to say about those. Did they spell your name right? (laughs) They didn't on the cover. They did did on the insert. You know, (laughs) imagine that. Uh, but I've been doing other writing there, so I'm going to have other things, and I'll announce it as they get released. That's good. Um, actually, right around uh, Halloween, the Halloween issue of Scream Magazine, which is a British magazine, I have a pretty lengthy article about uh, the the anniversary, the 10th anniversary of House of the Devil. Oh, by Ty West. Yeah, good old so, Tom Noonan. So pick up the. Did we uh, just tell our Tom Noonan story? I, we did. I don't remember what we what movie we did that had Tom Noonan in it. Uh, he was a he was a bearded man, wasn't he in it? Was it bearded Tom Noonan late nineties? And we said, "Oh, this is Tom Noonan." What was Tom Noonan just in? <laughs> Jesus, track. It, was a, it was a it had to be a sequel, didn't it? Oh, RoboCop two. RoboCop two. He was Kane. Yes. Well, anyway, so right now, yes, anyway. on some newsstands, or you can get it online. It's Green Magazine. Yeah, right? you can read my thoughts on. Uh, Another, I feel like, modern uh, horror movie classic that's that's gained an audience, The House of the Devil. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Shut up in Connecticut. I wanted, I'm want i going to just start talking about, like, I'm, I've got a magazine, an article on photosynthesis. You can read the osmosis. You know, it's just <laughs> really, it's really <laughs> terrible. Look, if you want to write <laughs> for magazines and stuff, I know. I, I can, you can do it. <laughs> I, just, I wanted to just... The most boringest topic I could think of. Like, if people are like, who's going to want to read Dion <laughs> talking about a thing? Unlike Blake's. I'm not saying that Blake's are boring. Those actually are quite exciting. Those, especially the video logs and all those kind of things. And all. I love all that stuff. Uh, and then you have also Cuts from the Crypt. Cuts from the Crypt. Uh, we just had our... We just recently dropped my Halloween special, which I did in advance of Halloween, so that you can listen to it all Halloween long. That's awesome. So, uh, What's the details of that? In that episode, I cover all movies, including... Trick or treat. It's all music from movies that are Halloween themed. Coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> so of course you got some of the John Carpenter stuff. We have some of Douglas Pipe's score from this. We nice. have stuff from uh, Night of the Demons. So that's my Halloween special. All mo- all music from movies are Crow. All movies crow. From, from Halloween. Wait, movies. did Douglas Pipe's do the Crow? No, no, but. Oh. Uh, 
but that movie takes place around Halloween. Sure. So I included some music. That was uh, Graham Revel did the s- score for that. Yeah. So that's av- available from the Damn Fine Network. Oh, nice. So look up the Damn Fine Network on uh, anywhere you get your podcasts and also on Libsyn, and you can listen to the latest episode of Cuts from the Crypt. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm really hoping that at some point I'll be able to post my next episode of Scored to Death because I have an interview. I have an the interview. Uh, Scored to Death, the podcast, at some point will be coming back. But you nice. can listen to those back. At, uh, yeah, episodes. it's a. It's you're like the English programs where you put a season out and then you. It takes <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. But Dion also has some reading material. I, I got Blood in the Streets that's available at Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, wherever you get your books. If they don't have it, they can order it. You can get it in paperback form. You can get it in ebook form you can get it even as an audio book uh that's 70s cop movies you like that you're into like gritty uh, uh police procedurals or uh historical fiction if you like the doors or music in general you might like that check it out blood in the streets available uh now and you we always like to say if you want to support us your local podcasters please get our books that's a good way of supporting us and they're both also available for order autograph at dionbaya.com and scored to death.com so um check us out we'll be back in um just one, one week, week with another special and we're gonna be um the reveal <laughs> the reveal i'm gonna say we'll be taking our pants off <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be opening up everything and, and you know having a little look in and we'll, we'll you know you'll see our angle for this this um 2019 horror month movie. No, usually we don't have a theme, uh, like a theme for it or an angle. But, no, uh, this year we decided yeah. since our angle of summer sequels yeah, it was, was so, so far. Yeah, we said, so you know fun. what? We and just, we might have even came up with this before that. We may have actually that forgot the summer sequel. So anyway, we'll see you really soon. Later. This is basic civil defense information from the Department of Defense, Office of Civil Defense, Washington. If the United States should be attacked with nuclear weapons, it's almost certain that our networks of warning stations would detect incoming bombers or missiles in time for you to reach shelter or at least take cover. You may receive warning of an attack by radio, television, or through the outdoor warning system in your community. It's important that you learn to recognize the attack warning signal and not confuse it with any other. In most places, the standard attack warning signal is a three to five minute wavering sound or a series of short blasts on whistles, horns, or other devices. Either of these signals means that an actual enemy attack has been detected and you should take protective action immediately. Find out from your local civil defense office the attack warning system that will be used in your community.